0: This is the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast.
1: Does it classify you as an adult to own an umbrella? What's the other one? You use Grubhub or something?
2: Grubhub? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, you're not getting it for hoodie. So
4: and Now he's the yawn guy? We'd like to tell you about our friends over at Right on Trek, a new company
1: that's innovating the outdoors. You know, they for sure are innovating... The outdoor like backpacking meals. I mean, they Absolutely. do. They're available nationwide now in stores, which is super cool. Everybody, you know, across the nation can get uh, get their required meals they need for a certain outdoor adventure. The cool thing that they're doing over there too is you can go to their website and you can whatever fits your individual need for calorie count. You know how many days you're going, people exactly the number of people that uh, you got going on your trip they'll they'll help you through that um you know some people may not be uh very you know keen on what food to bring things like that right um another bonus they're doing at Ride on track is they got uh, they got snacks that are you know they're with each meal. It, exactly. They're, that was a shock to us when we are seeing that because, we, you know, we've dealt with some competitors and things. And Well, it's funny because they're like, "What is? do we add the cheese or do we just eat the cheese? Right, because we had a cheese stick on ours. And, you know, they got a bunch of other things they're putting on, you know, different meals. They got jerky, tuna, uh, I mean, nuts, crackers. I mean, all that essential high-dollar protein that you need on your outdoor adventures. Um There, another thing that separates them, which is really cool, is they're fresher ingredients. And it's, it's truly like you're cooking in your kitchen on a Tuesday night, getting ready to go to work the next day. Uh, you, it's not just add the boiling water to the meal. It's, you can sit there and you can stir it, get your chef boy ID on all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's a cool experience and it was fun. It was definitely fun for us. Um, the you know also one thing that you guys got to check out too is they are they have a uh, mac and cheese rated number one by the Backpacker magazine, which is super cool. We have not tried that one yet, but we are all we're s- going to yeah, we're definitely going to try that.
3: Now, the other cool thing that they're doing at right on Trek, it's called the Wilderness Edge, and basically what that is is a twenty four hour twenty four seven excuse me automated vending machine. You can walk up check out everything you need. You can even reserve it in advance online. And so what you can get there, you can, it'll support your backpacking, camping, hiking gear, uh, bear spray, meals, uh, essentials, lighters, towels, all that good stuff you need for all your trips. Their first location for the wilderness edge will be in Glacier national park. And it is going to be between the airport and the park entrance. They just wrapped up construction at the end of 2022. And they'll have some pictures of it later on in the spring. They also, if you are a guide, they offer a delivery service. So if you're within a 500-mile radius and you're a guide, you can set up with them to where they will deliver everything you need for clients and whatnot right then and there. If you'd like to get your hand on some right-on-trek meals, this
4: is the best time out of the whole season. All of their meals right now are 14 to f- off, uh, which is their 22 lineup. So they must be getting ready to gear up to, to give, to bring all of our audience even more, um, amazing meals. If you guys are first time buyers, make sure to use the code revolution 25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. And if you want to get to the website, you can go check out all of our social medias. Our link tree has the link. Click on the link, go there. Put your meals in, get your use your promo code, and uh you'll be good to go. So um other than that, we have it uh, posted on our website too. So you can get linked from there too if you're trying to get to the website, get straight to their meals, use our link. Um and yeah, that's right on track. This is the BMB Network, and you're listening to the sixty second podcast of the Bull Mountain
3: Brothers. What is up, fellas? Is it Brighton here? Why?
1: I wear my sunglasses. You got you. What's that guy's name from uh Jersey Shore? The situation. You got your situation going on right now. I'm just the sunglasses guy now. I'm oh, a different, yeah. I'm a whole different vibe. At least he's wearing a company logo. That's true. For the first time. That's I think all of us time. are. I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt and I always keep it going, hey, but I always uh, wear my hat.
4: Yeah, I'm a whole new vibe. Sunglasses guy. He uh, doesn't care about anything. Um,
3: Muscles just, glasses. just
4: <laughs> hardcore vibes. Really? Yeah, when the when the sunglasses are on, uh, you guys are just gonna have to hope it's like your alter right
1: alter per alternative per alter ego. Words, alternative personality. Yeah, we
4: well, weren't supposed to talk about it, so now it's it's not as cool as it Oh, been. it's not. No.
1: Really? It kind of like
4: the other idea we had. You look what? Well, if I talk about it, it's gonna be not cool. Oh jeez.
1: Don't like it's like
4: fight club rules? No, it's like something we are going to do and not talk
1: about it. No, that that's, it. that's
3: the basis of Fight Club is the first rule is you don't talk about Fight
1: Club. Well, I get that. Even Matt knows that. He went to high school in 1962. <laughs> 58.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually when my dad was born.
1: What? 62.
3: Well, I thought you were saying 58. I was like, huh? No. no. That's the same dad over here. It's weird. Yeah. but Shed hunting.
4: Sorry, you're looking for a transition. Sunglasses guy doesn't do transition. Yeah, he really. does. What did we
1: do this weekend, Matt?
5: Well, we drove around, picked up some sheds, drank some brewskis.
1: Have a pretty
3: damn good time. Looked for some turkey.
5: Time. Found a black bear. Did? Did. All those things.
1: <laughs> Ramsey, expect. I cannot talk
5: tonight. No, you
1: can't. That's all right.
4: We'll put sunglasses guy away for a second so we can focus. All right, so let's talk about this from square one. Um, we left Friday night, embarked to embark on an adventure, with one thing in mind, that being to find as many sheds as we can. Now, as if you guys know, based off of YouTube and the podcast, Ramsey and Sean went on a shed hunt. What three weeks, uh, three weeks ago? Yeah,
3: yeah, I think it was three weekends ago. With the same
4: intentions that. Initially finding out immediately that the elk in your area all had horns on.
3: Much much to our dismay, yeah.
4: We went to a different spot with all inclinations that all the elk probably have lost their horns by this point in the year. It's actually nice weather. It's getting later in the season. And so we said, hey, let's do a whole weekend. Let's spend the weekend out there, camp, and uh, see what we can do, right? and do some company stuff film some um we did another right on track review
5: that was awesome do you want to talk about it
3: yeah um so this second round we got the awesome opportunity to try out one of their was it the backcountry meal kit is that what it's called sean
1: yeah it's the it's it's essentially it's a package of all the goodies as you guys heard in last week's podcast but uh first time for us it was pretty cool
3: yeah and so what we did was actually had matt and riley because we were all together we picked a spot for lunch and we did a uh a comparison a blind taste test we used a competitor's meal and they were both mac and cheese so the Right on trek one was their mac and cheese and the competitors one was also their mac and cheese (laughs) what the hell are you doing anyway
1: what's what's wrong stop it they're too small for your face by the way
3: they are but uh and so we cooked them both up kind of i mean we exactly followed the uh instructions on how to cook it
1: that was i think the biggest thing that from i mean as you guys will see with the reactions of matt and riley because the blind taste test essentially they walked away from us and uh we cooked them both up and Basically, we're like, well, you guys got to pick which one's better, you know, in a sense. And uh, from, I have a question uh, from their reactions. It was what I, I have, have a question. What
3: ask your question?
4: Did you uh reveal the name of the
3: I did not Good. at any point because I was about to. Take those fucking sunglasses <laughs> off of your face.
4: Jeez. Um, we're not going to say who what meal we had, but it was ass trash. I feel sorry for anyone that buys it. <clears throat> like I would never
1: ever buy that
4: again. And how I, hard
1: how hard was it for you to swallow? Cuz I know Riley did spit a spit them. take. What was your what was yours?
5: I mean, pretty difficult? It was hard. Like, you know, if I was in the woods for 6 or 8 days hungry, it would probably have been phenomenal. Right. But uh Having eaten breakfast that morning, it was shitty. <laughs> it was like... It was horrible the third time I tried it, too. It's going to look it's like...
4: The
2: third
5: time you tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, gonna, well, I had to give an honest review, so I no really idea. had to try eating it, but the freaking noodles were so hard. It's going to look And that like, was... That was uh, you're, I'm sorry you're being
1: interrupted so much right here, sunglass guy, but... Um, uh, who's sunglass guy? But the thing but is, is we you went off the direction. Yeah, we followed the direct. It's like, what was it, like five minutes? Yeah, so
3: it said... To boil water, right. Yeah. Bring the water to a a consistent boil. And then you pour the water in and you seal the bag off for five minutes, then you stir it and then you let it rest until it's cool enough to eat. And I literally to a T did it exactly that way. And it didn't even cook the noodles all. When he
1: said that too before you guys walked over, he's like, These guys are gonna know because he I followed the guidelines perfectly and I tried it too, and I was like, These are like like your kid was cooking, yeah.
3: No, well, just well, say, mac and well, cheese. well, the bad
5: thing about the whole thing was, is uh, I was really hoping the shitty mac and cheese was in Ramsey's dirty kettle that he cooked it in, but it <laughs> wasn't. It was the right on track, and it was still delicious, right. even though he didn't wash out his container really good. Well, <laughs> hey, um,
4: this
3: is key. this is hunting, this is outdoors.
4: So, so Ramsey said he's like, I I, I heard him say it out loud because Ram Matt and I went away from everything, but I could still kind of hear.
3: Jets. Sorry. We are right next to an airport.
4: <laughs> it's been a long time since we've dealt with that. <laughs> we, have, we have the window open. It's some, It's getting summertime. Yeah, yeah. Like you're getting springtime. It's been a while since it's changing in the seasons around here. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, I heard Ramsey say that, uh, oh, these guys are going to know which one. Hopefully that doesn't say that I already knew. But what I told you was, that and you're like, well is this gonna ruin you know being a non-biased whatever. I said, no. If you followed it rule like by the book. That's how someone else was gonna cut That's it. how it should like I shouldn't have to like we we did it exactly how we were uh, both of them. You did you did the right on track one exactly how you were supposed to.
1: See, here's the thing though that I'll say is I definitely I had an issue with the jet boil igniting and it kept the flame kept going out as I was cooking. Well, you did your best to, I, to do it as non, but showing finished, full that,
3: disclosure, Sean cooked the right on trek, and I cooked the other one.
1: Yeah, but the thing was, is like, it did, I mean, if I would have cooked that in my kitchen, like we always talk about that right on trek, that's their you know motto with their food. I didn't necessarily do it as well as I would in my kitchen, and it still turned out fantastic.
4: Yeah, and I well, I think what do they talk about like in science? You have to have like a, a neutral, like a. When they're doing experiments, there's like certain steps to it and you yeah. have to have a control. control mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I think you did your best to make a control. Like, even though your jet boil wasn't working, like you were still trying to go by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had an exact, like, you essentially both meals came out exactly how they should have based off of the rules that were applied. Right. And so that's why I told him, I was like, no, I don't think you should, because there's no way you could cook the other one longer. Really? Could you? <laughs> I mean,
5: you could have left it in the bag another. I could have. Yeah, I yeah. could have. But then the noodles would have been mushy. I mean, it was.
3: Yeah, I just. The only reason that I really wanted to make it taste better is because, as Riley
1: did, he
3: immediately spit it out. Because well, we wanted like, we
1: wanted to make the the challenge essentially for our um I wanted, to, ad I wanted to, it be to be as the best. Of, yeah, as best as it, it could, could
4: be. But we, and we didn't want to be like obviously biased, right? Like every other commercial, like when you see all these TikTok reviewers and stuff that take the bags on stuff and they're obviously like just completely biased, like they could be having a product that's complete shit and making... Right. Now I will say, regardless of what we were doing, like the company that we stand for, because that's a big thing for us, we're not going to get associated with something that's trash. Hmm. And... My first first experience with it was it's amazing, right? I thought it was
1: above and beyond my expectations. What did what it wh- which one of you guys said this that you I think it was you Riley, that you were like I don't even think I would cook this this way if I were even like at home trying It might
4: to- have been Matt and Matt did say that it was better than some of the macajees had in other like his own home and other people's homes. I and mean, maybe even some restaurants.
5: The 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 coolest thing about it is is that whole bag we got from right on trek weighed 6.2 ounces more than the competitor and we had mac and cheese we had grits we had candy bars right crackers tuna peanuts peanuts everything in there and really if you're packing in somewhere, six ounces is a lot but not really between two people that's three ounces a person to carry extra food i mean it, it was a legit meal mm-hmm. i mean i think they've done a lot of a lot of time in but like, and, and and like i said on a the lot of r&d yeah when we were doing it i mean for all honesty we could have thrown that tuna in with the mac and cheese and it would have been delicious oh yeah well
1: and then the, like the fact is that you get Sauces, you know, like the Cholula. It was like, oh yeah. You, what really did you find
5: at the end too? There was another
4: sauce you could have tried, sriracha. Sriracha, sriracha that would have been. Well, phenomenal. and then
1: tonight when we were cleaning up the studio a little bit, that box that it came in, there was a packet underneath the the one of the bottom flaps of the cardboard. It was extra virgin olive oil. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Name any other brand out there that would you know go that far? Yeah. You and I think that they've really
4: thought out. You know, they've thought through on like what people need in that certain. And, and I guess that, you know, we, we also talked about, like, the shitty thing that, like, okay, so if we're going to talk about some positives and negatives, the positives for me, and I think that it would benefit everyone in the room to go around her, because at the end, Ramsey and Sean did try it, too. They just weren't the focal point of the video because they had already done it. I one. was eating the Ride on track mac and cheese while I was running the camera for you guys. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> oh, the uh, the competitor, I don't think you guys wanted to eat it. Like, you didn't even try no. it. I, I tried it, but yeah. It was so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give my little, like, spiel here. You know, before I don't want to make I don't want to make my guy sit here forever um, and not not show. This is a Lodge Crew episode, little little. Uh, um, so we're a little laid back. We got Chad Logger, our good friend. This now makes Chad again.
0: <laughs> He's like, "Holy shit, I'm on camera now." <laughs> Staring at it the whole time.
4: Yeah, you're lit up over there. This is the best view we've had on a guest at all. We finally have lighting
1: for the guest. Oh my! This is our. I was telling Riley on the way here. You're our first in studio guest since we got studio lights because all the other really? ones we've done have been Zoom. And
4: they're really dark because of that black wall and that brown chair. It's like you like you look really nice right now.
0: I like it. I mean I'm just gonna be staring at the camera. You the
4: look camera. ten years older. I mean younger. <laughs> I mean I'm just kidding. Chad. The beard though. But I, I do believe that this makes you again the record holder. I think you've passed Josh again for the most podcast.
1: I thought him I thought it was Dylan
0: and maybe it was Dylan. Maybe he's tied. Maybe he's tied well, now. Well, yeah. I know How many of you done? I fell behind when I missed that lodge crew, but I think this is this number four? <laughs> it might even be number five. It is might it really be
4: number five, yeah.
0: I was bummed I missed We'll have
4: to look it up. We're getting so far into this. Like we were just talking about I don't know I don't know if Chad had got here yet. But we were talking before we, and I will get back to the right on track. I'm trying to get, I'm going to love the trails here. I just, if our boy Chad wanted to interject at any point, I didn't want to just leave him sitting there with, with nothing to say, but um, we were talking about how we may be able to hit a hundred episodes this year. And that's crazy to think. Um, So yeah, we're, yeah, we have a lot to think about, like on, I get lost now on how many people have been on here and how many times. The 9th of June. Well, But I, I would say you're a Hall of Famer for sure. I love it. P&B Hall of Fame. Oh, Sean's looking up right now. While Sean's looking that up, um, I'm gonna get back to the right on track talk. If you have anything you want to ask or put in, go ahead, Chad. It's good to see you. Um, so I'm gonna tell everybody right now my opinion on right on track and like the whole experience because as Matt and I talked about in the video, you'll see the way that we like the place that we hunt and the way like the times of the day that we hunt and everything that goes into things. This kind of this style doesn't really. Because we can either go all day without eating and have like a little something mm-hmm. um, and then come back and have a big meal, you know, because we do like a lot of meat, potatoes, stuff like that, just for like high um, high caloric, uh, just keep us going all day while we're on the, on the road. And it's, it's, in all honesty, it's cheap for us to do so we can afford to go every single <laughs> weekend and yeah. multiple, you know, four or five days in a row. Um, so this is actually kind of a new experience for me and
5: possibly you. Well, the cool thing is is now we can actually pack in somewhere and stay all day if we want and yeah. be able to have the meal.
4: Yeah. Um, so let me so with that being said, what I'm gonna say is uh first that is and, and this is gonna be weird to say, I've I've never tried one of those meals before. Not even the competitors or I anything, remember you saying that, yeah. Or anything like it. That was a first for me. And I will say I would eat just like Matt said, I would eat that I would eat that at home. That it was very good, right on track. The only thing that I will say, and I said it on the video, is they put some herbs in it, and either we needed to—well, that was optional. Well, I almost wonder if we needed to put them in the with them. cook it with it to make it a little softer. Because I did. There's a couple yeah, crunchy they were ones. Yeah, crunchy. Yeah, and that that kind of threw me off a little bit. But as far as but like I like the crunch the, the taste from it, and I, of course it's going to be personal. You know, like yeah. person to person.
3: Um, as well, far as I think it's, I think it's great that they even give you the option to personalize it. Well, well the yeah. thing
5: that killed me is I ate it and I liked it. And afterwards, when we found the sriracha, <laughs> we found salt and pepper, and I was like, "Oh my god, this would have been above." And that that beyond. was
4: one thing that you did say that, like, yeah. you are like, "Wow, I've never seen something in this capacity that they would actually give you salt and pepper because you are a big
1: salt and pepper guy." Yep. Um, so let me ask you this, Matt, because you like, well, and Riley too. You guys, I mean, the four of us have all been there. We have outstanding meals when we're at camp. Mm. And the cooking that you were I wanna I wanna hear you toe to toe cooking. Would you throw that exact recipe in for clients? Be, I mean, if that makes sense. Did I did I
5: come at if that you, right?
3: If you had the recipe for that, would you make it for your clients?
5: Oh, like, absolutely. At, just, at, like like Oh, I get what you're saying. The,
0: like the individual ingredients from somewhere else. Right, right yeah, right, yeah. 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 <laughs>
5: Yes, I would. Um, All honestly, I'd make like a hamburger and have the mac and cheese on the side, but that's a lot of calories. Or we had, what did we have?
4: There was an archery hunt that we had, and you and Ramsey were so tired that that night we had a similar meal, but you threw some stuff in it. Or was that something else? Am I thinking? Oh, you no, made chili. You made chili. That no, was I name.
5: just done chili, and I made your dad do yeah, that. That's when we were cutting. But you yeah. could do
4: something just as you know. We have so much elk meat. That's really when we go to the the, the cabin. We're pretty much living off of unless Matt wants like shrimp or um, steak or something. A nice real <laughs> lobster. Um, we do a lot of elk. So you could have like a couple packages of ground elk, make like taco mac out of it or just like yep. mac, and, mac, and, uh, mac and meat or something well, like that. Cool <laughs> well, <laughs> <never had> <laughs> the cool thing is- Mac and meat.
5: The cool thing is you can make the hamburger at home, exactly. the elk burger, throw it in a baggie and just toss it in and warm it up with the, after you boil the water and you put your noodles in.
4: Yeah, that's perfect. Because we did do a hunt last year where we met after work for a one night hunt. And just something Mm -hmm. like that would be perfect.
1: Well, and you know, Chad had the experience. I don't know if this was your first time, but with the competitor that we're talking about of Ride on Trek, we we had some of those during um, elk camp,
0: right? I I was kind of wondering if that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you, was that your first time ever having a meal like that? Oh yeah,
5: yep. Would you do it again?
0: (laughs) Words. I will will say, I will say. It doesn't seem like he liked it. When we got to that... That meal, I think I'd missed three meals, so I was just happy to eat, (laughs) but it was a little runny, what I got, got out of it. And
1: we all had the same one, right? Or no, we did. It was a breakfast one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just remember I felt like I was slurping it out of the bag. That's an interesting take
4: because I remember Ramsey pouring like half of it was all liquid pouring it out and you filled See, to the and, you filled and, to the line
3: the other thing well they don't have lines on it oh yeah and what it is is they give you a and now this is this was eyeballed but i our jet boils have a line in them that tells you how much water in it and it was like ours is one and a half liters i think and it said use one and a third liters. And I'm like, okay, I'll just leave.
1: Like you're going to bring a measuring cup with you or something. Oh, but that's, I, that's tough.
3: That's why I, I, my own thought process was, why don't you just make it enough food for one and a half liters? Because, or one liter. Or well, one well, liter. The,
5: the biggest thing is, is the day before I made lunch, you know, we, we actually had a meal out there cooked in a cast iron pan and it was good and all. But but I mean it was a it was an hour long task right you know? I mean it took me probably forty minutes by the time we cooked the chicken and, and probably took it us really. that
3: long to get that fire started
5: and, and of all of like and and in all
4: honesty of all of a lot of you know the recipes that you do that was one of the easier ones that you would do and yeah. it still is very time consuming it takes a lot of yeah. dishes and a lot of time so yeah it is nice to have something that you can just do I mean how long does it take like if you just realistically did one of those on a jet boil and everything was ready to go, you know, it wasn't like trying to put a production
1: together and stuff minutes. like that. Not, I mean, not even, yeah. Somewhere, like I would say five to 10 minutes. It, I mean, everybody here knows how fast jet boils heat up. Oh, yeah. That's the time it takes right there. You get that water boiling and, you know, it's like you're cooking in your own kitchen. You just throw that the noodles in or whatever, you know, whatever style of meal you have, throw that in. And it's, I mean... 10 times faster than you cooking at your oven or your stovetop of your house, you know, with the jet boil. But I mean, you could probably do it if you sat down and just did it probably under five minutes, realistically. And and don't get me wrong.
4: You can, you can, you don't like, if you can't afford a jet boil, there's nothing wrong with just having a fire in a pot and water, right? You can do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's almost better because like in our sense, We don't have the... You said they're one and a half liter? Mm -hmm. We don't have the big ones. And you guys saw... I mean, Riley watched me pour the cheese pack of right on track in there. And I mean, (laughs) he's like, is that going to fill your entire jet boil? I'm just going to let you all
3: know in the video, it is literally all over his face because the fucking wind was blowing.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Sean looked like he was doing lines off of
3: Chester the Cheetah or
4: something.
1: (laughs) 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 But... No, that's it, it, that's the only thing that I think we're going to upgrade on is like to get, because like Jetboil makes like a bigger container. You know, what is the, it's like. They make a, a two, a three, and a five.
5: Yeah. But the biggest thing is, is Riding Trek's about packing in. Yeah. And the the thing I said the other day is I'm like, well, the only thing they're missing is a garbage sack. And Sean's like, but the bag it comes in is the garbage sack. Yeah. It's like holy shit! Like they did think about everything.
1: Well, and everything's biodegradable too. Yeah, I mean it, literally, like it, it, so you if know, we had a fire going, we could have. Yeah, well, and it, you know, if things happen, air. things happen when you're and out it, in the woods, and, and I you, think most wind's everything,
3: blowing. like the wrappers and stuff, are mostly paper too. Yeah,
1: so it's like if you know if things happen all the time, the wind's blowing, you could lose the top section, and when you rip the package off, just like that one, and I mean, it sucks. You don't want to do that, but. They've done the extra step so that it's not impacting, but the mm. the
4: extras are still garbage, though, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so that's something that, like, yeah, that is nice to have that little. Uh, do you have that bag in here, anyone? Uh, yeah, it's right there. And this is their um, can you read? I, I always forget, and I apologize Back in the video, meal kit, backcountry meal kits. So, this is what you're looking for. To so, oh, like, that's what? how they sell it, uh, yeah, one of the ways, that's like, you can buy this individually too. Right.
1: Well, that's the nice thing, Chad, that they do is like the competitors, like we had you go out and buy one, one person meal. Right. Right. That one right there is a two person. So this is oh, another okay. Mac and cheese. It's like the, that package right there is like almost 1200 calories.
5: This right, one comes right. with oatmeal for breakfast, which the breakfast. other one don't give you that. Breakfast. breakfast. Chex, Chex mix. mix. Oh, that's oh, cool.
3: Mountain Brothers is not affiliated with Chex Mix.
5: <laughs> Hazelnut wafer crackers.
0: Raisins. Geez, I think
5: I'm set without the freaking. <laughs>
3: There's a lot
0: of. I don't there think is genuinely a lot of unboxing.
5: Did we? Yeah. No. Some uh, hickory smoked vegan jerky.
1: Well, because I think this is. I'm interested when we non-vegan. were when we were talking with our guy from Red on Trick. Mm-hmm. We we just wanted to try all of them. Right. And so we got the the vegan option. Both so of we're these not are really. vegans. We're yeah. Not done. Yet. So have
0: you tried Trackers. vegan and non-vegan?
1: Yeah. yeah. Is There a difference. Um, one of them has meat in it and one of them does not. Well, there's <laughs> like, like the taste. <laughs> There's different. No, there's different. Like, obviously, they oh, have like a, a vegan, a vegetarian, a uh, classic, and some other things. But
5: what was the last one? You guys would be in for this for you two for sure. The Humpy Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They'll be eating that together. What is that made out of? Read it. Uh,
4: this is a. Almond sea salt. Oh, scoop, one... Matt
1: scooped that up. I did. The, we right had away. one we
4: had those yeah. the other day. So this is the uh this is an energy bar. So it's gluten free, grain free. So I'm guessing uh, it's
3: kinda like that kind bar.
4: It says wild harvested mesquite and AZ grown pecans, chilies, and honey. What? Wow. Well, I Chilis, wish we had
5: man. this one the other day.
4: Well,
0: This is still the one bag, right? Yep. Yep. Then you lentil. got mango what, is a, mango, yeah, what uh, is a
5: lentil,
1: Matt? Can
0: we go back a, to that a, one? What is you a, can one? grow them, dude.
5: Oh my gosh, don't don't start <laughs> this. Well, these are dried lentils, so you just eat them right out of the bag. I, oh. It's like but a. See, you don't have
4: any lentils? I watched a video the other day of the top eight vegetables to grow in your garden that, for uh, the end of the world. Oh. And that's one of them. A lentil.
3: It must keep good.
4: And then you
5: got and salt and pepper, um, coffee creamer, non dairy. Non dairy. Which? And passion mango passion fruit, salt and pepper, sugar, and creamer.
1: All in one package. Seriously. Like, that is like, that could feed you.
0: That could feed
3: you and another person for an entire day. Yeah. I mean,
0: considering the last time we went out, it could feed us for probably three days.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, so imagine
0: this.
4: Now, Matt and I can grab a, again, Ramsey, can you tell me the name of this? Backcountry meal kit. Backcountry meal kit, throw it in your pack, and that's your food for the day. Like, that's all you need. That's, you just throw it right in there. Like, you don't have to. Like, I mean, imagine, like, think of the ways we
3: usually do this, right? Oh, yeah. You run to the gas station, load
4: up $20. Uh, what's the stuff we always get?
5: Well, I guess I didn't to pull everything Free out. Beef jerky, heath right bars. bars. <laughs> so it has hot breakfast, which is cranberry and walnut, oat milk and coffee. Uh, lunch and snacks is vegan jerky, snacks mix, lentil crunchers, Parmesan crisps, raisins, fruit and nut bar, dried fruit bar, and a chocolate bar. Jeez. And then for dinner is mac and cheese, hazelnut wafers, and hot tea. Holy Perfect. cow! She didn't even
4: see the teeth in there. That's cool that we can. Um, what were you saying? What were we just talking about?
1: What we get at the gas station? When yeah, we yeah. What it. is that? What is that? You get a twenty
4: dollar bag of that. What is that jerky we get all the time? Old Trapper. Old Trapper. Old trapper. Best jerky in the world. So you get you throw. I mean,
3: with Old Trapper. And Sean's right? the snack but master like too. To think be. of
4: all. Think of all, like you have so much snacks in there.
5: I, do. I see this guy pull out a Heath bar like every two
3: hours. Oh, dude, Heath bars. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we Sean we'll still
5: be having. But Sean, cool thing is, does come with the bag that. Closes all the way up. And that's your garbage sack it has right there. But, but the thing right. is, is you could put stuff in here if you needed to throw it in the crick to keep it cold. Mm. Yeah. Or put, you know, mm. anything you have and hang it from a Shit, street.
1: if you ran out of game bags, yep. there you go. I mean, seriously. I mean, for a,
4: a seagull maybe, but <laughs> miscellaneous meat right I'm just fucking with you. Come on. um, God, I had something really good to say, too. We still talking. About oh, I was cats. just saying that Sean saved my life this year. Um, somehow I forgot all the food in the Ranger. We went and sat the wallow. and so we were just eating all of Sean's Slim Jims and stuff out of his. Sean's always he's got a dedicated pouch. So does Josh too. You you ask Josh when we go on fishing trips, and he's like, I always have to like make sure that Riley survives because yeah, which is weird because I usually am pretty prepared, but but think about that. So you got that twenty dollar bag of jerky, you got waters. Yeah, I'd like to. I guess there's efficient ways of having water too. I mean, if you want to get carry a, life a straw. Yeah, I actually we have some. There's a couple water bottles at the house, so you could be like Chance
1: and drinking out of stock tanks with your Life Straw. Right, Jeez. that's the one thing that I struggle with the most is like a like hunting is. I mean, you guys know I drink a ridiculous amount of, amount of water during the day, and the thing is, I struggle with carrying too much water. What did you just do?
3: So it was making your hat look weird.
1: But I. uh I always just like because archery season. I'll have a Camelback, a water bottle, like a like a Hydro Flask water bottle, and then like three or four of the plastic
4: water bottles. So most of your weights in water in your. Yes, and oh, that oh, yeah. you know what's scary is like a Camelback's not a dependable way of having water. Sometimes, um, have I ever told you the story about? Yeah, tell us why that is. Really. Have, have I ever told you the story about that? Huh. So I got that uh, that Badlands pack gifted to me five years ago. Uh, it's my favorite. I, it's not. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not so. I bought dad that um, mystery mystery ranch. ranch. That thing is badass. Mine's not like that, but I still love it. There's just like th- there's stuff about it. I just I'll always I'll never probably get a new one for a long time. But anyways, uh, I decided to Amazon search uh, a bladder for it because it's got you know like most outdoor backpacks. It's got the slots and stuff to put a bladder in it. Well, Badlands actually makes their own bladder right and it's the new style ones with like i don't know if you've seen the new ones that have like the they've got like the fuel fittings for the hoses have you seen that like they clip in and they're like quick release so you can throw them in the wall. i don't think I they have they're really advanced they're really awesome I, I think what's it do you know the the number one brand for camelbacks is like hydro something or i don't, I don't know. know it's whatever company that is and then the top you actually have like a plastic um like slide thing it slides off and then the bolt the bag unfolds it's way different than like the ones I was used to when I was a kid, they had like a little screw thing. Is that how yours is? Yeah.
0: It um, also looks like one of those like river bags. Oh, you, yeah, wait, kind of, wait, yeah. you're
1: talking like the, to close the actual bag? Yeah. Yes. No, mine is the... It slides on. It's the slide on oh, one. Oh, it yeah, is a slide yeah, on yeah. one? But okay. The problem is that I'm, one, like it took me a long time to be able to figure out how, how it to do it consistently like, and yeah, like I want to fill it as much as possible, right? But there's a point where you can't fill it too much because then when you try
3: that's and why fold. there's a fill line. Yeah,
1: and I, I will say that's the one thing I don't like
4: about those particular ones.
0: But those camelbacks with the lid, have you ever gotten one of those stuck? I like, haven't no. They're impossible to get off once you like go a little too tight or something. You have to use And the, the cross f- thread really fast. Yeah, yeah that's so another bad. thing. And the leak. Yep. They're terrible.
3: So so this is you, you just you just spit the water back into the hose
0: to fill it up. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Reverse <actually, laughs> siphon.
1: How does th- my thing is those? How do the thread ones, I've never owned one like that. How do they hold water?
4: Good. Pretty decently. Yeah. I've never had any problems. This is the one I had problem with. This is the one like you have. Yeah. Um, I bought it one time. It was 20 bucks. It was on sale. And I actually, I take that back. It might not have been Amazon. It might I have been Camel. Camel Fire. I think I bought it on Camel Fire for cheap. They have a bunch of those. Yeah. And it was a two liter, which is about. I mean I'd rather have a three-liter, but whatever. It was what it was, and I was headed for that. And I've told this story before. This was my first like hardcore elk hunting trip with the with Josh at his spot. Yeah. Um and this was this is a place is like it's very similar to your guys' elk spot. The one you guys probably aren't gonna do it much this year, but the one that you guys what do you call it? Hell Hill. Oh. Very similar, but almost I would argue, because I've done both of them. This one sucked. It's straight up hill for like a mile and a half. And mm-hmm. like so, like just to get to where the elk are. Like you're already kind of like, especially for me as a big guy, like I was dead tired Mm -hmm. and we do all the, like you basically, you get in there, you do some calling at dusk and if the elk are there, the elk are there. And sure shit that morning, that elk was bugling in our face at like 400 yards from us. So we make a move on it right after I've done this hard, hard ass hike already. Bunch of stuff goes down. I've told the story. I'm not going to retell it. We don't end up getting any elk. We go back up on the hill. I'm like super dehydrated. Because I, like you guys have known me, like I need to get electrolytes in or I get cramps real bad. And so I got up on the hill. I go to drink water, go to my Camelback, nothing. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, maybe I like pinch the hose or something. And I open it up and in three different places and I didn't have anything against it. I wasn't like, I remember actually, I left the pack where we were sitting and did, and I'll usually do that. Like, even when Matt and I are hunting, like, if we're in a situation where we're on elk, I'll probably drop my pack mm-hmm. because I don't want to be, oh, you know, it's sure. just extra Oh, for be agile. And so there wasn't any situation that I could think of where it was, like, hardcore hit or anything like that. And there was three puncture holes in it. All my water was gone. Completely leaked out all over my bag. I was done for water for the day. And so since then, I've been very skeptical on, like, getting another one. But again, like, the way...
1: I don't know. Do you guys feel like having a camel, like a camelback is obviously an appropriate use of your equipment, but do you feel like you guys think about having a backup at all times? Just oh, in case? Oh, for sure.
4: I do now, for sure. I mean, is that... I mean, I guess... Are I'm- you using a bladder when you're going hunting, Chad?
0: Um, I didn't last time we went, but very commonly I do. I just... I always feel like it takes up room.
1: Me too. I do so, I do too. Like it I'd takes up have that a extra third.
0: Stash somewhere else. I've
1: yeah. heard from a lot of guys though, like uh buddies of mine that are in military and like guys that are even like um wildland guys that you know they're going in places for a long ways. Water weight's the biggest thing you get rid of. Which I don't think I would last in that. Because well,
4: especially in like think about like Montana archery season, like what has it been? Like the last three years especially, it's been the first two, two and a half weeks of like over ninety degree weather most of the season. So you're in that hot weather, like need, like you're a guy that drinks a gallon
1: of water plus every day without heat, and right? So like, that's why, like I like like I said, I always have that backup. But and it really wasn't because I guess it were, it wasn't because I thought the the bladder was gonna fail in a sense because I've I have had instances because mine leaks a lot because like when we're when we're driving a lot of the times like when we're in the Ranger or even in the truck driving to a spot. I've, several times in Ramsey Six I've grabbed my pack to get into the Ranger. And your his, backpack's wet? His My backpack's wet and his seat's wet. And I'm like, and it's, the, because mine, the end of mine is the pop out and then push back in the lock, you know, to like be yes, able to. Yeah, so that's what I was telling you. Oh.
4: You have exactly what I okay, was telling you. Okay, and yes,
1: yes. I, w- I just, I don't know if I was <laughs> following.
4: Yours,
1: uh, I like we those. electrical
4: el-
3: taped yours too, didn't we?
4: No
1: nah, camo taped it. Camo taped I guess
4: it. I probably lost you at the fuel fitting
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, No. You could have just said air compressor fitting too.
4: Yeah, so I mean, in a way similar. So but, but what hey, would you compare about it to? The part that you suck out of
0: it. Yes, like you yeah. open okay, it because I never think about the bag leak, and that's never been a concern. But I hate it when my freaking hose right, is right because in oh, my yeah. chest, like that my bag, drives back, me crazy.
1: My backpack has the little like loop that you can feed it through, yeah, so it so can it months, stay accessible, right? right? But I'm sitting there, and my chest is getting ripped on all day.
0: I,
3: I remember that the first time.
4: Oh, we just lost a photo off the wall. <laughs> all the ghosts are back hey, anyway.
3: <laughs> I remember the first time Sean used it after we taped it. We taped it so solid that it would like, it stuck straight out and he would just walk and it would sit there and do this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or it taps you in the cheek as you're going.
3: Yeah. So let hey. me, let me ask you a question. Let's wrap
4: up this conversation on water real quick, but it's it's an interesting one. So I'm glad we got on it. And Chad, I'm sorry, but we're going to end up talking a long time tonight because like we haven't even got to like a quarter of our story from this nah, weekend. Good. So I apologize for that. But as far as water goes, I think it's very interesting that Rams you brought up the life straw because I think that would be really beneficial to your guys' strategy this year because there's a lot of clear water creeks and rivers and stuff where you could drink pretty probably tasty water out of those water sources. I would drink it without a life straw, yeah. Because I think about our situation, like is there a spot that you would comfortably drink water from? Every stock tank. You would that's that's something that even though Chad
3: said it was, ter- or Chance said not, it was terrifying. He's not drinking the si- the sitting water. He's drinking the water coming out of it.
5: Yeah, because all of our water is pumped from the river. So with a life straw, I mean, you're going to have hot, nice, cold water the whole time.
4: I think that that's. I think that live straw is something we should all invest in, making They're sure that we cheap have one. Too. And yeah, that,
0: I've always thought about them, but I just don't know how well they work.
4: Like, we should can do actually trust them. We should all go on a trip and like do like a taste test with it, or like a.
1: You know, I don't think it gets and, rid of. And the give taste. us a couple days. To see I don't. If we have I think the taste, like if you get like shitty, you know, still water. I think the taste is still going to be there. I think it's just taking out
5: whatever bacteria. the heavy stuff. Yeah.
1: I mean, I and maybe not even the bacteria so much because I mean you got to think about like how much can that filter really do? See, that's why you I know what I've heard guys do is, is seventeen dollars for two of them. They'll
4: fill. They'll fill their pack with the Life Straw. Or like, cause you can get the water bottles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, they'll use those packs of, um, like crystal lights and Mio stuff. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. To make it just taste like
1: something. Right. Cause I,
5: I, I Well, don't... the biggest thing in the life straw or no life straw, I mean, if animals ain't drinking out of the creek or the, the water trough and chance, if you go back and listen to that, he said the water that tasted like blood had zero tracks around it. Mm. So if wild, game, stagnant water. if wild game won't drink it, don't drink it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, for chance, it was pretty much Different on the night. deathbed. He had no choice but to get some hydration in. Right.
4: Do you guys ever think about putting, um, and I think we have done this, and I, I put a couple Mountain House. Actually, I left a bottle of Mountain Houses at the cabin one year, and they were gone in like a week. <laughs> um, do you guys ever think about putting those, uh, what are those things called that we use sometimes? liquid IVs. Oh right. yeah. In your packs. Just for that situ- cuz I cuz like I talked to I'm a big like I don't need that gallon and gallon and a half water like you do, but if I don't get it or don't get something similar, I I'm a big cramper. I don't know if you guys have this problem at all. Oh, I do sure.
0: Tastes like salt though, doesn't it?
4: What's that? The liquid IV. No.
0: Ah, uh, no. It's Maybe like it's, it's like
4: Crystal
1: Light. It's like
4: a dull Crystal Light yeah. like it's not super tasty, but it's not the worst. Like
1: if I were to put it on a on a scale of like Crystal Light to tang, it's what? <laughs> it's a little bit lower than, than uh, but did you know that it still has sugar in it?
4: I think, like, I, think I heard something I crazy don't know about what? Like, oh, no uh, um liquid IV liquid IV like it I heard the, I heard there's like some things in it that like well because you have to get electrolytes somehow so most of it is yeah but adult. it's
1: sodium yeah
4: um I don't know I've always been interested because I know uh our outfitter he gets cramping real bad and and a lot of that I think is old age but
5: um well he just goes. He goes above and beyond. I mean, he just and then off the of, and then just drinks a pot of coffee. <laughs> Why well, he does that, but I mean, he drinks the hell out of pickle juice at night.
4: Well, what I've been interested in, I wanted to see if him and I could try this. Is I heard this podcast where they talked about like these marathon runners will cr- will will hammer uh, salt pills, and and it cures them like because you, you but not like like let's say you get in like cramp. Have you ever had a cramp attack? Yes. Like we're like just several cramping spots, and then you're just like paralyzed. That's a thing. Like the- oh uh-huh. dude.
5: Well, well, have you ever watched Dave? <laughs> the best thing to get rid of cramps, and you got to get prescriptions now, you used to be able to buy the pill over the counter with, um quinine. That's why the Brits always drink tonic gin, gin and tonics. If you can't walk, you can't fight. Tonic water has quinine in the water, and it'll get rid of cramps instantly. I mean, within I used, a second. I used to do the mustard packets. Well, that's but what I'm that. saying is
4: like, not as a... Once you get to that cramping stage, like, that's that's what you use when you get to that stage to get out of it. I'm talking about using salt pills along
1: the to way prevent, to prevent it. Yeah.
4: That's what I've been interested in, and in trying something like that.
1: Well, and I mean, even if, like, you were to wake up and just, you know, go buy Pedialyte and just chug the whole bottle before you go on the hike.
0: Oh, yeah. dude, I can't do Pedialyte. Really?
1: Why? Dude, Gatorade makes one now that actually tastes like... Gator-lite?
0: gatorade
4: Is it good? It's Light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I like, use... I, um. Like, I, I'll use it when I start thinking, like, uh, like I'm not feeling too well or something like that. I'll use it, and it perks me right over. Like, have not ever, that I'm, like... Have
5: you ever just tried tonic water all day long? Like, drink no, it like, like you do regular water. No. Try it once, and it's it'll change. Yeah. If you I, watch Davey's, always got a tonic water in the It's very here.
4: fun that we got in this conversation. I think that, like, getting out and doing something this weekend got us in the mood for, like, hunting. Like, it feels like hunting. Like, we did a little bit of oh, yeah, we turkey did. hunting, but, like, as far as, like, because, you know, we have to gear up, and we talked about it last week. We're all our minds now that we've drawn tags. We're past that stage. We're sorry, all sorry. Uh, what say that again? Okay, excuse me.
3: Now that Rob tags is have been
4: the, the, the drawing has been done. <laughs> um, we're all ready to start making that mental stage on like what we're doing for the summer to get ready for everything. You know, Ramsey and I continuing our weight loss journey. Um, all of us getting into you know making sure our bows are tuned up, shooting a lot. Sean and I talked about uh, potentially trying to shoot uh, two to three to four times a week starting earlier than we ever have, maybe middle of May, you know, maybe even sooner because it's finally starting to be 60, 70 degrees. Oh, it's nice. Enough.
1: I've shot a couple of times um, in the last couple of weeks, but.
4: And I, and I, and I, Ramsey and I will do that at home, you know, but there's nothing like getting together with you guys and like, cause that, I will say between getting together with you guys last year for a month and Josh and I going on lunch, it really helped me cause I had some like, I had some problems.
1: You Had a couple occasions at our spot that we went to that you the master
3: were, like, had to tune your bow for.
1: Well, it, it was just
4: like <laughs> something happened, and yeah. then we fixed it. And then uh, since then, I felt more confident. And, th- and that's what got me thinking like, if I could feel even more confident than I did last year,
1: like, well, maybe in this year too, we can find some of our arrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah when we go did, back out there. We need to go out there now because arrows. think about when we were out, um, oh, yeah, at the ranch, the perfect, all the grass was perfect shed hunting, grass. all the grass was yeah. laying down. Yeah.
4: So it's a good time to go out and look for it right now. Yeah.
1: It would be. Because I mean we spend a lot of time trying to find those areas. All right, do
3: you guys we should talk about that?
4: Oh yeah. Do you guys mind if I wrap up the, the whole back the, yeah, the water yeah. talk here? And let's let's finish up the right on track talk too. Do you guys have anything else to say on that? Nope. I will say check out the video. Um, that's gonna give you more information about
3: uh you got a busy weekend ahead of me. So basically, so
5: Riley,
4: how how do you get the right on track? So if you're obviously check out our suite ad that's right... No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be right here. It's right... No, it is. No, no, no it's not. It's going to be right...
1: Here. No.
4: no. No, it can't be because we did this already where we talked about Right on Trek right after we did the ad for Right on Trek. So it's just like 30 minutes of Right on Trek. We're going to do it some other time. Um,
0: Have we talked about price? <laughs> well... Or is that on the ad that you're going
4: to... So... We could talk about price, but they're running a huge discount right now. It's like fourteen to forty percent off all meals um, because they're getting trying to sell some of like most of their twenty-two lineup. So if you go right now, you go to our website, you go to our link tree and our socials, use our link to go to their website. Um, It's linked in the in a banner on our website. It's linked in the link tree. Click on it, go there. You'll see their meals. They're anywhere from. Like what were you saying? They were like four dollars maybe for some meals or five dollars or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, like very affordable cheap. for like these you know the these two meals, person the two meals person either. meals. Um, I think usually they're about eight, nine dollars. I think I'm not sure ten dollars mm-hmm. and these other ones like the. I think that's like forty bucks. Forty yeah. oh, bucks okay. for the all day one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, go check those out. Use the use our link to get there. Um. Once you get there, if it's your first time. Use the code REVOLUTION25 at checkout to get 25% off your first purchase. So that's cool. I mean, you're looking at like, I mean, you we're buy like 10. 10- this you
5: to be on there tonight. <laughs> well,
0: you, see, I got it because the only other one I've tried is the competitor we're talking about. So
4: I think you like <laughs> yeah. it. I really do. And I'm I'm I think right there's, back and forth. there's enough of a variety on there that you could find a couple ones that like things that you would enjoy to eat at home.
3: Right. And they're coming out with a whole new
4: line. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, like, if you use that 25% discount, I mean, you're already 40% off on some stuff. Like, you're getting some of this for dirt cheap. It's totally right. totally worth it. But make sure to use our link because then Right on Track knows that we're doing them justice, right? That's right. Um, yeah, that's Right on Track. Check them out. Let's go back in the timeline here and let's talk about from Friday night. We went and had good dinner, right? We went and ate, let our, favorite, we went and ate our favorite little restaurant. So Friday night was kind of a wash because we ended up enjoying just spending the whole night there. You guys even got dessert this time. Yeah, we did. So good. Get into camp, got everything unpacked, put away, um, and we just kind of hung out. Did we do? We played poker. Yeah, we did. We did play poker. Matt won, unfortunately. Because so no no now we're gonna have to hear about it for the next <laughs> two months. Um, he
3: actually whooped whooped us, to be honest.
4: It was like on a ever. blind
3: hand. I think. Uh, yeah, that was retarded. That was dumb. It was like round two,
4: and he just took like half the pot. Anyways, let's start with Saturday morning, and I want to get your guys' take on how Saturday went and what your feelings were because I'm going to give it away right now. The first five hours, we were struggling. So why don't you guys give us a little timeline rundown about how Saturday went, the very low lows at the
1: beginning, and the potentially high highs after that. You know, for me, Saturday started off, and it was terrible. It was, because we had one goal to go either...
3: Other than being with good company.
1: Well, I mean, as far as our goals went, we were, you know, we were there to... Having flashbacks to go into Narnia. To uh, find sheds, um, talk with some turkeys, and then... Potentially flip the entire script and do a bear hunt.
4: Yeah, if everything else failed, go back, get the the bear gear, get the orange, get all that
1: stuff. Yeah, and do some sort of bear hunting. And so essentially, Saturday we just drove around for quite a while, just kind of glassing canyons looking for sheds. And then you know every once in a while when we'd be stopped looking for sheds, we'd you know do a couple turkey calls and then go you know if nothing happened, move on. Sometimes we heard some. And I don't necessarily know if any of us were really looking at pulling the trigger on a turkey. No, I think we were just having fun playing around mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. I was, personally. And I just... Th- yeah. It's good practice for me. Well, and I think, uh, you know, tor- as the day developed, I think Matt kind of had a... I
3: saw a couple of Toms that really... Yeah, t- yeah, I think he was like I ready
4: to I think more or it. less than anything, he just wanted to eat one because he's got that turkey nugget recipe. Oh, you know? yeah.
5: yeah. That's exactly what was going <laughs> on. <laughs> but...
1: Um, you know, as the but day... But also,
3: I will say, though, at the beginning, in the morning was when we saw those elk.
4: But, like, yeah, and, then, and also... like 10.30, right? Also about that. Yeah. It was snowing,
3: too. So the weather wasn't the greatest,
4: too, for all these activities that we were doing. But, yeah, talk about the elk.
3: So they put me in the back seat, which I almost always sit in the front seat just because I'm, I'm so tall in the leg room. That's what I'm going to say. But... Uh,
4: no, he just wants the front seat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, We go over to this... Uh, giant canyon and I've they've taken me to this canyon numerous times I'm like man thinking to myself in the back seat, I'm like I've never seen an animal and these guys are always talking about how they see animals and all of a sudden I was like there's elk and they're like where and I'm like there's a lot of elk and then pretty soon the whole entire freaking hill started moving looked like an anthill just crawling what do we see like what, right, you, you figured 80 about
1: 80 and 100 no horns which you know the weirdest thing to me was We were so far away from them that when we pulled up on the, you know, to see over that, they know the fact that they, I mean, that lead cow just took off.
5: Well, I think the thing is, is they've been black bear hunting out there so hard with dogs on the ranch we're on. Another fellow has permission to hunt with dogs out there. And I think once they heard the vehicle, they just they just assumed there was going to yeah. be dogs coming. They're right thinking they're them. getting hunted.
1: Yeah, like, that makes sense.
4: Well, and I think that we 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 really generally thought that we saw some bulls that like you know because when they shed, they have that kind of blocky looking oh, yeah. laptop. Mm-hmm. and we swore we did. But I I looking back and I really was picturing this in my mind. I think we saw a herd of cows and cows
3: and calves. The other weird thing though was like I never really saw any in that group. That I'd label as like a first year or a second year calf. I mean, they were all relatively the same size. I
4: think we saw a lot of. I think we saw all cows and calves, but but then, maybe
3: there
1: was a but, mixture of like maybe a shed bull was in. But there. then again, you know the the smaller ones running around, we're not gonna. Your eyes not gonna catch them. You know, they're just they're yeah. mixed in the herd in a sense. So there could have very. I mean, there probably yeah. was because I've I've looked at this um like
4: historically speaking, and when Ramsey and I Ramsey and I used to um. About this time, maybe a little, a couple weeks later, three weeks later, we do a camping trip every year for like our entire life, and him and I would go look for elk in the evenings all the time. And several times we found in wallows and stuff, which they weren't really using it; they were just in the area. Exact situation: they were all cows, all cows and calves. And I think we, I think, I think they're like calving right now. So I think that that was the group. I think all the bulls were, are. By themselves right now. Right. And separated. So like initially when we were like, I think we wanted to like have high hopes that we were seeing a bunch of shed bulls, but I look back on it. I genuinely think we saw only yeah, but you'd think though, elk.
1: You'd think though, like the biology of an elk, as soon as that bull loses its horns, it gets depressed and has no way of Maybe. protecting itself against predators. And... I would assume that it would be herd mentality at that point where they would herd up with a big group of cows and calves just to for cause you know more well, numbers. Well, there
5: could have been some bulls in there. I'm not saying there there wasn't. I mean I'm with Riley with the sizes. I think it was a a, a cow herd. You think so? Yeah. Well, and you know, Chad too. Especially when later on that day what we've seen. hmm.
1: Because, you know, as Matt just talked about later on that day, how how would you like to see this when you were out shed hunting, mainly for elk? We saw a bull with sheds still on his head.
3: Those would be called
1: yeah. yeah. Horns on his head. Yeah. Jeez. Relax. They're sheds on the ground with their horns on the head. Is that yeah, what we're going yeah. for? Well, I mean, that's that's, that's exactly what it. That's what it, that's like, that's what it is. Technically.
0: Well, did you throw a rock at it? Maybe you'd knock it out.
1: Uh, <laughs> we were we were filming and like <laughs> binos up and everything, and we were like looking, and we we're like, maybe if he jumps that fence, maybe maybe, maybe if he <laughs> stumbles a little bit because he's running away so fast. Maybe he hit that tree. Come Dude, on. He has <laughs> to be ready to pop. They like, has to. I mean, he was a smaller bull, and the cool thing was too... We think, well, these two think that it was the uh, one of the bachelor bulls hanging out with uh, the bull that Riley killed this year. Yeah, it was Literally, within, it was within I, like uh, an eighth uh, of a mile. Let's uh, not think. I know what it was. It was
4: within an eighth of a mile. And uh, when, I, when I shot my bull, because, um, you know, things happen so fast, like yeah. adrenaline and everything. When we backed off of where we were hiding, right, and got out into the open, I looked straight out, and Matt was right next to me, and there was a bull standing there looking right at us. So I looked at him. Like, and we knew that two came in together, mm-hmm. right? So then one went out and we really looked at him for a long time. Cause like my first thought is like, oh dude, where'd mine go? Please say like he went down or please say yeah. he didn't bail off into the, you know, I only see one. And so Matt and I looked at him for a long time, ended up going over this next little hump about 50 yards away from my shot. Mine was dead. right? So we, we got a good look at this bull. So yeah, we're, we're pretty, pretty confident. And it was with where we saw this bull this weekend was within eighth of a mile of where I shot my bull. so so it had to be him. We think he was, you know, that one's staying pretty local, which is cool. You know, maybe he gets a little bit
5: bigger next year. In four years, I hope he's really local. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
4: Yeah, he was like, I think he was was a rag. I mean, he was probably like four by five, five by five, something like that.
5: Maybe smaller. Maybe three Uh, by five. Yeah. Well, mine was a four by five.
4: Mine was a four by five, so.
5: Yeah, and I think, and I think this one was, was a little bit bigger. Maybe a five by. F-
4: the one that you saw. I think the one that I saw, they're they're like twins almost. Okay.
0: Yeah. I just didn't know it was possible for them to keep it this long.
4: That's what I we really thought that by this time. Well, well
5: and and my dad had some clients out there, and they did find some some brownies. some 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 brown horn on muleys. They found one elk shed that was also one big. tiny
4: one,
2: yeah. Okay.
3: which
4: could have been. Also, like if they found it, like Matt found a brown shed in the middle of hunting season last year, but because it, it was under a tree. Oh, okay. So it could have been a last year's shed too. I never got a picture of it. I saw, we ended up, uh, we'll get to these people here in a second. We, such an action. I'm sorry that we brought you on such an action packed weekend. No, this is awesome. Uh Because I, I feel like we're, we're not.
1: <laughs> you know, one thing I was going to say though is, you know how I found, or because I was the one who spotted that bull with horns, and you know what I thought it was? I thought it was a crow flying over a hill because I just saw like movement, right? Going right. Like, up a hill. And I was like... I, is this is re- the guy that I hunt with. So I really was like, crow. it looked like a bird.
4: And then I, I've been in that situation on yeah. that ranch so many times where like you just catch a flash of something and you're like, I have to investigate this. Right. And then it ends up being...
3: It's, it's nine times out of 10, it's elk. Yeah. Because so their can, horns This kind of ties in with my burrowing creature thing. Maybe the, the bulls out there are crows. And then when they want to be bulls, they just...
4: No, I think that kind of like a I think we're, like a Dracula scenario. Yeah, I think when we're yeah. in the situation no, where well, I'm in, with you there. Where we're driving back to camp, that we're all bu- we're like huge bullshitters if you don't know us by now. And I think we were all just bullshitting and Sean caught that out of his
1: eye. I don't think it was anything. I think it was there the whole time. Well, same scenario. You know what's really weird? Can we think about this? Enough, Sean. That the two times that we well, one, I guess these were separate occasions because the one time was our our first annual turkey hunt winner. We ended up seeing a bear. Matt ended up harvesting a bear that year. Now, the fact that the second time we go out, and I would I would say that our main goal was shed hunting, but also we we kind of all wanted to see somebody harvest a turkey. Why is it that every time we turkey hunt out there, we see black bears? Well, right well, that, after Matt
3: gets off the phone, too.
5: What still baffles me? I was thinking about this in bed last night. Was. How Ramsey seen that son of a bitch <laughs> down in the canyon <laughs> as I'm doing 20 mile an hour around the corner.
4: Dude, that whole like four hour section, Ramsey was on it. Yeah, he was like spotting stuff. Those Saw elk. Elk.
5: He's like, hey, stop. There's a bear down there. I'm like, what?
4: And to say that it was a bear, not like something. Hey, I know something. That's
1: what I said when he, because like when you're driving down the road really fast, you're not really fast. But when you're driving, you no, see we're something. Doing 20, Twenty miles an hour. You don't. You don't immediately look at it and go, "I know exactly what you know." Bear, elk, you know, moose. You All don't. Right. You don't do that.
3: All right, I'm, I'm gonna break it down for you because this is. Did thought. you just get lucky? No, no. This is a thought process. Don't lie to me right I'm now. I'm not lying to you. This is All no right. bullshit. This is what goes on in Ramsey's head. So I have. Uh, what the hell did the doctor said? I think it's 2010 vision. So what he explained that to me as is something that's 20 feet away. If you have 2020, something that's 20 feet away, you see it like it's 20 feet away. 2010 is
1: 2040. No, that's what you have.
3: You're wrong. Um it's literally eye doctor told me this, Sean. He said if you have 2010, you see something twenty feet away like it's ten feet away. Just like objects in mirror, and so the thought Here, process that'd be nice. When, I got like twenty-one fifty. When we come around the bend, I see this black dot, and I mean it. It was what at that point it was probably seven hundred yards away. Oh, uh, oh, easily. The, I saw this black dot, and I've seen enough bears. It was a black dot with white right at the top in the center, and I'm like, "There's only one thing that could be," and so immediately I was just like bear no you were like oh i think i see a bear i think I see a bear. no that's what i'm that's what i'm saying i'm like i you know what was the lucky, I a little off. journal and you know what the luckiest
1: that? thing was seriously can you did you guys ever really think about this that luckily we went to the cabin and had lunch and decided literally that you know what we haven't seen any turkeys haven't found any sheds at this point let's focus on bear hunting and we yeah. flipped the script and did you know like the yeah, fact I no, think you're on
5: a no, the, we're coming. We didn't go to the cabin for lunch. We were heading to the spot I wanted to go do lunch. Yeah. All oh, right. Right. And then. that's why we came down there because I was going to take take you off that hill that scares the shit out of everyone. Yeah. So we slipped through and the grabbed scare all the you was what yeah. what the whole thing was. Yeah.
4: So yeah, we ended up seeing. A, I've seen two bear. Well, that's a lie. I've seen two bears out in the wild, as I would call it, on that ranch, and they were. With you guys. <laughs> I've never seen them. turkey and well, not Turkey
5: hunting, but and they were a quarter of a mile apart.
4: Yeah. And they were yeah. that's crazy. They're in the same I I such a, so badly want to walk that canyon. Like that was, stuff that I know that's down there. Is that crazy. was such
1: a beautiful bear. I it was, mean it was seriously. good. Dude, Jared, I'm not kidding you. This is like a cinnamon phased black bear. And I bet you he was I mean he was heavy. He was a big he was four. big. He was probably four fifty. How close did oh, you get that. to him? um 500 yards yards 490 or something yeah but because i i remember uh matt actually was the first one to pop over the hill and he he's got them special range finding binos and so he pulled up he's like oh he's you know 495 or something Is what 491 yeah and i'm not kidding you i pulled up the binos on that i mean it was
5: it was it was probably one of the largest probably like a 15 footer Really? I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, isn't that a polar bear? <laughs>
1: oh, just speaking of that, I just, saw, did you guys see that thing that the, uh, one of the Alaska, whatever, you know, their game and fish is or whatever posted that there's a, they have now tagged. I, I don't know if they've tagged or trying to tag, but they have game camera fit pictures of a polar bear mixed with a black bear. And as it stands on four legs, is six and a half feet tall. So when Jeez, it stands up yes. on its back, it's 13 and a half feet. A black bear or a grizzly? It's a polar bear mixed with a black bear. Oh, weird. And it's...
4: Because you it, know there's a like a heavy... Like there's an actual species of polar bear but brown bear.
1: Yeah, it's a Kodiak,
4: right? No, it's no. it's like a... it's like I can't Is that an actual them. grizzly?
3: Yeah, a Kodiak is a But no, but, but there's a type of...
4: No, I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm saying like there's a documented subspecies of crossbred polar bears and grizzlies that are like out there so it's interesting that a black bear and a polar bear that's very interesting
1: no i know and it like this it said it weighed 2700 pounds jesus (laughs) and it's 13 and a half feet tall you're dead hind legs there's no way you're getting out of that That thing that thing every (laughs) everybody in this room it's called a grizzlar That's cool. Everybody in this room, including Ramsey. Well, Ramsey would be about the only one that could stand next to that bear and look him in the eye. Everybody else in here, that bear would be looking down on on four
5: legs. The coolest thing of all is that was a big bear, but that that had nothing compared to the ones we've seen with Warren when we were harvesting. Yeah, dude. they The ones that came out, I mean, they've been eating on corn for... Five months. I mean, they just right. barely could get across the field. I mean, there was one in there that was humongous. Could you
4: imagine the fall bear fat that was on Holy the moly. People would pay could for you that.
5: imagine having to eat that? <laughs> um. So, yeah,
4: we saw a bear. Um, let's get us back to... So, we haven't found sheds from... I mean, what did we get
1: up at, like, 7 that morning?
5: We did. We didn't even do because well, It's because
1: it's uh, Matt wakes up. Matt wakes up in the morning, and, you know, all of us are still laying in bed, and he goes... <laughs> He goes, you boys get better get your ass up, because Dave's probably going to be here at eight having coffee, and if he sees you guys still in bed, and I'm like, oh shit, all right, everybody get up. <laughs> well, Matt also said, he's like, I'm still hungry from last night,
4: and I had spent three hours that night sitting up, because I had heartburn, mad heartburn, um, so I was fine with it, too. I was like, I'm not eating anyways, so we we ditched breakfast. We headed out. We didn't see sheds from seven o'clock until probably... Two. Yeah, uh, so continue we your story from, no, I want to, I want
5: to explain the story of. No, uh, no, no. I lied. We lied because we found a shed. Our first, our second out, we found that little baby one that broke off. Oh, oh that broke yeah. Off that morning.
1: Riley and I it, saw it at the, yeah. At the same and time. And then as
5: we're coming down to the hole in the fence. Yeah. Where we drove by probably 15 times last year. But it, the which is, was that tall. was the
1: crazy thing is you guys said you, um, you hunted, that area last year. We had
5: cameras in there.
1: Yeah, and like we're just cruising on the road going down to see a glass of canyon, and Riley goes, holy shit, there's a shed literally five yards off the road under a tree. Seriously.
4: Well, to be fair, Matt actually took a different route than he's ever taken. The road itself was another like 100 yards to the right. Yes, So
1: down the hill. But
4: what he was doing was he was driving those ditches to try and find sheds, and happened to...
1: There was one. It was an old shed. That was like
4: a three- or four-year-old shed.
1: And the cool thing was is what did... uh, The the, I mean, the fact that you guys have been down in that coolie and never seen that shed is pretty incredible.
4: Well, from from someone that hasn't doesn't go out there, it's, it's it's. But Matt and I take the we didn't actually hunt that actual area. We just used that as a because it's like a butt funnel to everything out there. It's a giant canyon with like steep walls, and everything comes through there. So we just put a camera in that canyon. Because we knew that you know, we
5: always wanted to go and hunt there, but but Riley shot us bull and we never did yeah
4: well, and we have we had other spots that we loved and so but this this was the spot last year and you remember telling me the podcast that I put a camera we, Matt and I put a camera down there and I came back two weeks later while um, I don't remember why you weren't there, but I grabbed the card and I called Matt I and was like, harvesting. I was like, dude, there's 500 plus pictures of in the last six days of just elk. So it's a sick spot. I understand why there's a shed in there. Um, actually, he had a client out there that found probably like a like a hundred and fifty inch, 170-inch side, like a big shed out there. Oh, in yeah. Sam Canyon. Um, so I could I, I would love to walk it because there's so much more to that area that we didn't even cover. Yeah. But yeah, so I could get, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we were in there, but we were actually just using it as a camera spot. So it was like a drive-in. Uh, we had to hike down a little, uh, you know, a certain, we had to hike down a certain ways, uh, check the camera, hike out, get out of there. And it was just like, cause like I said, most of where we were hunting in the nearest two miles, we were using that as like, are the elk in here right now? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we weren't like hardcore using that canyon. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Like, I mean, I just, I happened to, I was like kind of getting to the point where you're like, man, did, this sucks. I can't believe we're not finding it. I know they're here.
1: Do you know what the cool thing was though? Is as soon as Riley found that shed under that tree, the floodgates opened. Yeah. For the next, I would say probably hour and a half, two hours
5: maybe. Well, as soon as we ate lunch, the first ten minutes we were finding sheds. Yeah. Well, and I, I
4: Matt knows that I have. Uh, so there's an area of this ranch where Matt calls it his like, um, like if nothing else is working, he goes to this certain area, and it's probably like. Easily probably like a five by five square. You know, we didn't even touch half of that area. You know, when we went out there, we just touched a certain canyon. Um, But a canyon over is where two years ago I found easily, I mean, there's sheds in the hallway that I found in that. um, Probably 14, 15 elk sheds in this one canyon. I had never actually looked for sheds in the one that we were in. And so Matt and I have talked many times, like we always talk about like, I'm like, dude, I think there's going to be like have a good, like, we should just go check it out. And luckily, um, we were driving through. We hadn't seen anything. I, I remember that. And we get down in a ditch, and Sean was at the right angle that he saw. One. It was actually kind of cool. It was your first shed that you found that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was, like, in the creek. It was a dry creek, but, like, the, the vegetation had been around. So you could just see tines sticking up. And so that was the first one that we found there. And then we actually glassed up. Sean glassed up
1: one in a field. We go over there. Well, this was the funny thing is because when I glassed that one up, I was already out of the Ranger and I was standing next to Matt in the driver's seat. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, Matt, is that a shed? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And then I just happened to pan to the right and I was like, holy shit, there's another one right next to it. Matt pulls his binos up and looks again. He goes, holy shit, there's a matching set over there. <laughs> and so, we, you know, we took off and the cool thing was, you guys drove around to come pick us back up as we hiked to it, and as you guys pull up next to me as I'm grabbing the sheds out of the ground, Riley jumps out, and he's like you know, hooting and hollering, woo! And I'm like, what is he doing? It goes down into the the crevice next to me and grabs another shed and pulls it out, and I was like, holy shit. And I told
4: you guys a story then. I was like, that's not the first time that's happened to me here. We literally, Matt and I were out a couple years ago, and I was like, dude, I glassed is up a couple weeks ago. Let's go pick him up. And we get in there, and Matt was like, "Like we're trying to get to." And I go pick him, like, "Hey, I found you know the ones we're looking for." And Matt's like, goes into this crevice, he's like,
1: "Here's another one." (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cool. Have you ever done like shed hunting before?
0: I have never been.
1: No, it's exhilarating when it's like, It really is.
0: I've never even found one on accident.
5: Really?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Really?
5: Well, that's a bummer.
4: Yeah, you guys will find them this year.
5: It's well that north side, I guess, is sick because Dave went there yesterday. And he said the toms are just stupid on the north end. Mm. He they, they shot all their birds yesterday morning. They, they left to the like left. To I tomorrow. saw that I
1: um, so. Instagram post actually. Yeah.
5: Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. They found seven elk sheds over there.
2: What? Wow, Browns?
5: Browns? No. Oh. oh. I wonder if the average
1: elk on that property haven't dropped completely yet. I, I think so. And I also think that
4: uh, we only went on like f- tw- like 15% of the ranch this but weekend. I've also, so.
1: The weird thing is I've also heard from a lot of people is like, you know, everybody always says, oh, it's still April, but then other people are like, it's April and they haven't all dropped yet, you know? I, I just think that no one has a good grasp. We need to talk to like a biologist. So. Something. Because <laughs> um, obviously, the, I mean, the heavier ones, because there could have been a, a 350 plus bull in that group of 80 elk that we saw that he's already done. Believe you me, when we do our turkey hunt, I will be looking. Oh, if by the turkey hunt,
4: there's going to be some brown sheds. I'm just terrified that before then, there's going to be other people finding them. But we'll find there's a, there's enough to share the wealth. It's a big place. Is that something that strikes your interest, Chad?
0: Oh, absolutely.
4: It's you, Like a little present that you find, you know, in yeah. the woods.
0: I mean, I can't I can't get it when I'm when they have them, so I might as well get them. You know?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, the cool thing is, is in the same area where that black bear was that we've seen. The owner of the ranch three years ago found an eight by eight shed. No shit. And they spent the whole afternoon and found the other side. How and far apart were they? Oh shoot!
4: Oh, I don't oh. remember. That. I think they said it was like further than because the the statistics and the shed hunting people. Because we're not. I'm not gonna sit here and claim that I'm a shed hunter. I just enjoy trying to find them and I look for them when I'm out there just because it's cool. I think it's just another little bonus. But the shed hunting community will say like. It's like four to five hundred yard radius. You should do a circle on because that most of the time you'll find it. But well, I know yeah, you got
0: to imagine when you drop one half, they're walking lopsided. They're gonna try and get rid of the other one. Well, and I, well I agree. They,
5: fou- they found the first one on that flat when you get up on top and you flatten out, and they found the other one on that first where we went over and walked down that canyon where you thought you would seen one. Yeah, that's where they found the other one.
4: Yeah, and I, I, but I will say like I've had situations where, um. So I the two sets that I found in my life, I found a whitetail set, they were like virtually right next to each other. The giant set of elk sheds that I found a couple years ago, um like easily 370 bull. We've I've told the story, it's heartbreaking. Um I'm an idiot. They were right next to each other too. But I've also had um people where they find sets like a quarter mile apart. So
5: I think it's just depending on Well, what they figured is the bull came down that big canyon, came up, lost the first one, lost the other one on top. Which is, I mean,
4: I think most of the time that's what it is. Because, you know, they used to say that, like, a unicorn video for, like, content purposes was was watching a bull or a mule deer shed. Like, there's not very many documented videos out there. I've never seen it. I bet you I've seen, like, 30 this year. People are – because a lot of people are getting out. A lot of people have access, like – I mean, if a bunch of guys like us can figure out how to use a camera, anyone could probably <laughs> figure out how to use a camera. Um, but I've seen tons of videos this year, and a lot of times they'll shed, shake it off. You know, Sean's talked about that a lot recently, where you'll, you know, they do like their itchy shake off um, and then they take off. And so I think a lot of times they're pretty far apart. Right. But if we found anything like, and those are borderline, like if we found anything like those ones in the corner or bigger, we would have spent some hardcore time. Well, oh, well, and then it every time,
1: the no, that was oh, from
4: last year. Those okay. are those are from the same area that we they found last year.
1: But the thing was, is like every time we found one, Matt said it first, and then all of us would say it after that. It was like you see one, like the one that when we were driving down the road and Riley saw under the tree, we're like, well, we better get out, you know, because let's let's at least all spread out and do like a two, three, four hundred yard, you know, walk. And we did that every time we found one. Well, and I
4: think what we, I think if they were, if they were browns, we would have spent like a quarter mile looking for them. But since they, everything we found were hard whites, like there's, first of all, the possibility of someone's already picked them up. Yeah. The second possibility is something's eaten it, which is a high possibility. That's why a lot of people don't see sheds ever is because by the time hunting season rolls around, they're, they've been eaten, they've been eaten up yeah. by porcupines, uh, rodents. Um, I've actually, th- this is a crazy thing. I don't know if you heard about this, but cows will eat them.
1: I've really? seen videos of like yeah, did you know that livestock with the, like a white, like a white tail shed completely in their My mouth. My first
4: year when I was shadowing, um, I was in the ranger and we came up on a cow with a, with a small mule deer their shed in his mouth.
1: And then I was like, I, wonder, I believe it. I believe it. The calcium. I don't know what. It... That's it. You okay. think so? Yeah. Well, and cows eat they, eat, they eat weird shit all the time. They're always chewing yeah. on it, But, um. So yeah, you know no, the all... the coolest thing from the weekend though is that one that I, the one that I glassed, the first one. It it literally looks like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the when they go find the trident, you know Poseidon. It looks exactly like that because the the top I think it's a is it a five? It might be a five. It's it's basically when they don't when they don't throw it's the royal and
4: it ends at the royal. Yeah, it doesn't throw a whale or anything like that. Um, Josh was it Josh's bull or Shane's bull? One of my buddies' bull. He shot one of those this year. I'll show it to That'd you. That'd be so cool. like it. Literally, was like
1: the Royals. Obviously, longer, mm-hmm. but it like the way that fourth came up. It just like it's almost as tall, but it's like offset. It just looks really cool. Yeah, I think
4: there's certain genetics for bulls that like. Um. So like, I think my bull was set up to be like a really good six point. Just the way his horns grow, but there's some bulls that that they about their third or fourth year they develop that exact thing what you're talking about. But yeah. I think it's genetic wise. I don't think every single one of them, because they're small bulls. I mean, we found some small ones that are throw through a whale tail, but they're only like a 250 yeah, bull.
1: Right. Well, and the cool thing was too is that when we uh, the clients that Dave had out that weekend, the the gal found a devil tine elk shed. Yeah, which bums me out. I like, it. do you know what a devil tine no, is? I have no idea what that's. So is. you know like the where the
4: brow tine is? Mm-hmm. So Matt's, it, Matt's bull is about to throw devil tines. He almost close. had devil tines
1: on oh. So it's like right at the brow, it'll throw us a, a vertical ish right. Okay. So I guess, like it's like So it looks like it, got yeah. The. Like and like this <sighs> I don't want to talk about this yet. That's fine. But we we had an idea for like a uh, essentially some of the uh, logo based ideas. We wanted like, to cop the devil's time. like a devil tine would be really cool, yeah, you know. And so, I mean, to find a shed like that, to find a bull living, or Ramsey has a I've shed. Done that. He's found a, his shed at home has devil's tine on it. That shed is it? Yeah. But I mean, to obviously to shoot a bull living with devil tines is. I'd late. love to. I it's
5: would bold. love to do that. But the crazy thing is, is <clears throat> we're up on top and we're calling some Toms bunch of hens and toms over on the other side dave shows up with his clients and we're like turkey right down there so he's we sent him down we're all just bullshitting and calling and mm-hmm. she gets up and like walks like 30 yards and picks up a a shed i'm like yeah, yeah, five point. Really <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm sitting down there because riley and i are kind of like like uh we were calling. Yeah, like, we were sitting there, kind of, we were just calling, you know? I made like, Sean sit in a bush with me. Because uh, d- Matt and Dave and, you know, Ramsey were just kind of, you know, having conversation because it was the first time they seen each other all weekend and stuff. And so Riley and I were like, you know, let's just sit here and call, you know? And so we are doing that. And I pull my binos up because I hear a, a gobble, like, on the other ridge. And I'm <laughs> like, I want to look and see if I can't see anything. And I see this gal walking and... She's like creeping around and she just drops this shed and then starts creeping a little more and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> All day
4: long we're looking for sheds. We barely found any mule deer sheds. We found... Ramsey and Sean, he found a four-point little like, tiny one.
1: That was the only one I found.
4: And I found the most mass two-point that ever existed. Yeah. That thing is ridiculous. Did, seriously, it's huge. It's
3: like a 140-inch yeah. two-point. No shit. <laughs> i let Sean
4: have it. I don't care about mule deer sheds. Ramsey
3: just about got skunked on the weekend then. I did. I was literally like sitting in the back and... It's, it's, was he just no, pouting because he was in the back seat? It's to no fault of anybody else's, but when you're driving and you pull up to something, you always turn to your side. So at that point, I'm sitting in the back corner. I can't see anything. Right. I don't
4: remember how you saw the one. I think you glassed it from a ways.
1: No, he, we're dri- we were, we were like coming over. there. It was right when Matt picked us up. That cause these, t- or no, 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 no.
4: Yes, we found all those mule deer sheds in the same like driving stretch. No, it
1: was after Matt picked us, you and I, up at the bottom because he had already picked Ramsey up, and we were
4: dude. There's so much content from this
1: one trip, and we were. I found a dead elk on our hike. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a set of ivories. I found an elk carcass in a crevice that I, I don't know what killed it, but it was laying down there, and I was just I was walking by myself, and Riley was up above me kind of walking towards me and he like came up on me and he just sees me bent over just like trying to get these ivories out of this elk and that was a cool area that was that a fun was little hike the, i mean finding ivories is i mean just as
4: good as finding a ship i bet you sean was 20 feet down below me and then like i cut like it was like a hard yeah,
1: hard yeah that get was down.
5: a young calf though yeah yeah yeah
1: and well there was a lot of wolf sign in that area too so i think you know could have been. Could have been. Big coyotes at the again. Like, I mean, you've been in that situation before, Chad, where you're like, you could be kind of cruising, going to a hunting spot, and there's all these cuts that don't look that deep, but mm-hmm. if there were elk down in there, you would have no idea.
0: Oh, yeah. You have no idea how many, or nobody has any idea how many elk. We
4: right. Do we you know, know. how many elk was Well, like yeah, that was, was like that. crazy. as Sean and I walked up. So what, essentially, it was like a big bowl that we were in looking for the sheds. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like a sagebrush fields with like deep, I'm telling you, these 20 foot cuts that Sean right. was, Sean was, uh, I went and walked the fence line around and he walked through all of them and I just kind of like did everything from up above and I was up above in this field and I'm, the the ground was black with elk shit. Like just really? like, you know, they, they had to have been wintering in there. Yeah. So it was a good spot to look for sheds and we didn't find any more, unfortunately. But you know, if we had three or four days to do that and like a lot more boot, you know, a lot of boot work. We would have found. You
1: know what was really funny more. about that um, that carcass I found is it was like it it essentially looked like if you were to imagine a bunch of water going down that cut as it pushed this carcass oh, down, yeah, and yeah, it was kind of like tied up on a log. Mm-hmm. And I was walking down, and I stepped over it, and I just kept going, and I kind of went Weird. stopped, and I was like, <laughs> I did a double take, and I was like, holy shit like (laughs) like seriously i i had no idea and i I don't know i just thought that was funny because isn't that
4: what's like the best part about the great outdoors is just getting out and like when you're out in these little hikes just finding like that's i always ask i was asking matt this weekend i was like like do you ever just like glass up like crazy shit go look at it and he's like no i haven't but i know if we got out and walked like every time you go out and do like
1: a like a hike
4: like that you find something crazy
1: you do every time it's seriously it's you can't Make the stuff up that you could find in the outdoors. Yeah. Realistically.
4: So I will, I know we're kind of running, we have one thing that we want to talk with Chad about. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to go too much further, but then consensus, uh, we did a ride on Trek meal the next day. We, that was mostly like what time we took. We actually got to meet Dave's clients and they ended up being some Instagram influencers, which is kind of cool. Um. I don't remember their page. I don't know if you guys do or not. Look at. It. Belcher, is it Belcher or Belker?
1: Bel- Belcher. Belcher Outdoors.
4: Belcher Outdoors. So if you can go check those guys on Instagram, you can check out. They actually made a really cool post about uh, hunting with Trapper Dave and getting their turkeys on Instagram. Belcher
3: Outdoor Broadcast.
1: Okay, that's what it's called. Go that check was, them out was, on Instagram. That was really cool to see that, the was it yesterday that they posted that? i they I read They read their post I'll that they team. ended up... Getting some turkeys.
4: That was really cool. Yeah, and like I said, then they said some really cool stuff about old Trapper Dave in there and uh, a little shout out to Two Leggings Outfitters. So, uh, yeah, go check those guys out. We're going to try it. We're trying to get them on the pod. Do a little yeah. Zoom interview, but I uh, sent an email to them and hopefully when they get... They're doing... They said they were doing like
1: a... Like a Yellowstone or trip yeah. or something
4: like that. So maybe when they get home, maybe they settle down, maybe they'll get back to us and you guys can meet them. Uh, but they seemed like they had a good time. They uh, dipped in our... Shed action? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they just found kidding. That's part of their adventure too. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so we we got to go call. And like I said, it's I like going out there and calling for the Turks because it's good practice for me, you know?
1: He's yeah. saying Turks now.
4: <laughs> um, Turks. I said that so much. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a couple times, like if we just committed to like hunting them, it would have been oh, game over. Easily. Like I really wish, like I, I feel like a lazy piece of shit but I just also don't want to impede on what Trapper Dave is going on but I guarantee you if I would have taken one of those guys down there with a fan we could have probably got something
1: Do you have you ever up. turkey hunted Chad? no
4: you guys need to take him out to Narnia and get him get him some turkey hunting I'd right. be down let's go <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> really <good> <laughs> so yeah that's enough of our trip we're going to take a quick break right now um, and when we get back we're going to talk about some interesting article that we read from Fishing Game We'll go over that right when we get back.
3: I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them, summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farmyards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action.
4: Welcome back after a word from our sponsors. We are going to get into a little article that I stumbled upon. Actually, I didn't stumble upon it. It was sent to me by Lodge Crew member Josh Adams, and he said, Hey, give this a read and talk about it on the podcast. And let everyone know what you think and let's let's spark some conversation here.
1: There's, well, the, there's a lot of conversation that can be rose about this article.
4: Yeah, let me uh let's see here. The title of the article is FWP embarks on Mule Deer Monitoring, Research and Outreach Initiatives. Um, do you have a kind of a summary of the article? So essentially what
1: they're doing is is typically it can be very difficult for FWP to get a very accurate survey number on mule deer populations in Montana. They've tried several different ways over the years um, to basically bring a accurate statement to the mule deer population in Montana. So what they're basically doing at this point is they're bringing a survey to public opinion Voting for whether or not because mule deer numbers have, which we saw this year, um, we talked about the check station local to us that had very low numbers on mule deer um, and hunters in general that they're, they're essentially offering to people if you would like to hunt mule deer every year or Every other year, in a sense, or whatever they would like to do with it,
5: um, you got to read every several. Oh, every several. several. It's so you're several looking at four to seven years.
1: So essentially, the summarization, in my opinion, would be that they're seeing such low numbers in their survey, their biologist stuff that they're doing, showing that. It's not so much the harvested number because when you look at like the surveys you get at the end of every year when you you know, you your ALS number is activated because you bought tags. um, and you get those calls. It's not because of that. It's not. Because just because those numbers are low, that could be meaning exactly what we saw this year with the amount of hunters being low is people that that goes hand in hand. It has to. I think a lot of it is coming from their biologists that do these surveys. For population per area, per region, however you'd like to say it, I think they're seeing a lower number in actual population per herd, which can cause problems. Um, They're essentially proposing, as I said, that the public opinion take a vote if you would like to hunt mule deer every year. Or as Matt said, with what is Riley's word?
5: Preference. Several years.
0: Is this public opinion with everyone who has a hunting license or yes. everyone in general? It's so well, it said
5: forty percent of everyone agree about sixty percent of hunters like like the ability to hunt mule deer, but forty percent of hunters would choose to hunt mule deer bucks once every several years if it meant harvest having the opportunity to har- harvest a mature. But, Which I totally do not agree with. I absolutely well, will not agree with that. So when you get your black bear license, do you not have to take a test between a grizzly and a black bear to yeah. you know what you're hunting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Why, why are we doing this? You should have a deal where you're, this is what a mature buck looks like. If you don't shoot a mature buck, you lose your license, you get a ticket. But the reason...
4: We've actually... We had this conversation. This is really interesting. This is getting brought up. Because this is a lot of like kind of things that we've discussed where A, we have noticed a, this has been a topic of discussion many a times where we have noticed a decline in mule deer and a decline in mature mule deer. We notice it just like they're noticing it. Now that's a good opinion. I think, I think that, I don't get what they're trying to do here. Are they trying to say like if you harvest a mule deer one deer then you can't buy a tag for
1: three They're or four turn years to draw? Well, my thing is is I've been in a lot of arguments with people um because obviously everybody has their own herd management opinion. You know, I have mine, the f- the five of us all have our own. The biggest conversational piece that I use in those arguments is and I'm going to ask Chad this because I've actually never had this conversation with Chad before. But the biggest thing that peaks these other people's, you know, opinions and kind of flips the script a little bit is when I tell you, if you were to go out and you see a herd of mule deer mm-hmm. and you see a lot of two points and a lot of, you know, decent three points, whatever, shooting those deer versus shooting the 180 inch mule deer in that herd you affect the herd less shooting that 180-inch mule deer than you do shooting the two to the even decent three points because okay. he's already had his breeding season. Right. He's already done his his due diligence with the herd, but shooting those, you know, future bucks causes the problems. I mean, I, what do you think oh, on
0: that? 100%. I think if you're shooting the old one, you're kind of, you're
5: getting rid of well, what, what's already
0: been dealt with. Yeah. Um. When you say every several years, are you saying once you shoot one, you have to wait several years? Or yeah. well, everyone well, has? Well, to well wait it's several several kind
5: years. of vague right now because it says shoot a buck every several years. Does that mean that they're only going to put out a a buck tag every five years, or is it? I think Ramsey just hit it on the head. It's another money revenue for another draw for more money.
1: Well, and the thing is, though, too, and you think about like because obviously there's mule deer um, A-tag draws in several regions in Montana, mm-hmm. but I think what they're going to try and do is if, in the sense of a general tag, because there's a lot of general tag areas in Montana that produce very high-value bucks, I think what they're going to do is from reading this, they're going to take, if you buy a general A-tag... So your general deer tag in a region that produces good bucks, no matter where it is, a region that doesn't, whatever. If you buy it tomorrow and you hunt this year and you kill a buck, you have to wait one to two years to be able to actually buy that general tag again. Yeah, kind of like uh, the way
4: I'm interpreting it is like when you shoot a moose, you got to wait seven years or whatever it is to shoot.
5: Is, is that right? Am I Before you can redraw, yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Oh, okay. um, I think that's what I'm envisioning, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay down kind of what I'm thinking about here, right here. I haven't shot a mule deer since 2018. That's by choice. And that's because I'm not, I have gotten to a spiritual, but we've talked about this so many times, I'm not going to jump back into it, but I've gotten to a point where I did have a, you know, we talked about mule deer before. Um, I did have a point where, you know, I was shooting stuff just to, to because it was the biggest of the place I was at, right? Now, I'm not going to shoot a mule deer unless I find it to be, you know, because I have seen this. I have seen that the populations are in decline. I have seen that when you go out, all you're seeing is 120-inch four-point, 130-inch four-point, 120-inch one-by-two, all day long, every day. So for me, it's like, I have been able to wait for that, but I think it should be a personal decision. I don't think it should be led to our government foundation to say, hey, you can't shoot this for five. I think there should be some education, like Matt says, on what this does to our populations. It's not, you know, because, but I guess, you know, like
1: we've, we've heard this before, your tag. Uh, a large number of the, of the population that hunts deer in general, there's a lot of people out there. And I know this because I was a, adult in hunter safety when i did the field day i know this for a fact that a solid high percentage of hunter safety kids that are in there are not elk hunting they more so have the spots to go out to a state land or a blm or maybe have a section and be able to all they do is deer hunt and that is not in any means wrong at all even if you're in your early or your late teens, there's nothing wrong with being able to go out to a section of land that is yours as a Montanan or somebody that you know that you get a private section and shoot a deer. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's, that was, it's just what it's, it's excessive. We've
4: always talked about this. Everything, when it comes to being able to hunt in Montana, especially Montana, because of how private lands are established, public lands are established, everything is based off of accessibility and opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, Um, that's how these tags should be designed too. I think that there's a stretch. I don't think that they should look at a map and say, Hey, we have mule deer decline because I, I don't genuinely think we have mule deer decline in every single section. I think that there's like, if we took the state of Montana, there's a blob here, there's a blob here, there's a blob here. And all these different blobs are decline, staying level positively. I think if you're going to make some sort of drastic measure like this to either change it to a draw or to make it so you can't hunt for four years or whatever it is, you need to do way more research region by region to see how the mule deer populations actually are. Are they looking at
0: population for each of these regions?
4: I would say that they have to be looking at population but I, I, I do think that, I mean, we're talking about wild animals at the end of the day.
1: Right. They say they say right here in the northwest region of Montana. They had northwest a, and northeast. Yeah. They had a uh which it's funny because when you look at the Northeastern? Northeastern. <laughs> the northeastern buses, region the for Montana. Montana by the it's a mile city
5: all Yeah, it's it's
1: a it's a very high likelihood to find very mature good bucks in that area. Oh, it's a bad land yeah. So
5: so let me throw th- this out there. I mean as far as an outfitter side of it, we've had the same ranch for thirty three years that we've guided on or outfitted on. Riley's been there for the better part of going on a decade, I'd say. Close to. Um we've managed it. We shoot mature bucks, only mature bucks. Once in a while you get that oops. Thought it was bigger. Oh, right. You know, for sure. Oopsie daisy. That that's anyone if you're gonna be honest. Um, but we've had years just since you've been guiding where there just hasn't been jack shit for mature bucks. Uh, and it's not cause we, uh, we shot them and we shot the herd out. I mean, we managed the shit out of it. We have people that we let on the ranch to do buck ma- or, um, management hunts. And, uh, really all honesty, you can't go back the last two years because they're, I mean, two years ago was shit throughout the whole state. Mm -hmm. I think
1: I think a lot of the biggest problem though is there's like as far as mule deer go as as a species hunt there's a higher population that goes out like I said to those state lands like the majority of hunters in Montana they go out and they go shoot the first deer that comes across and it's. There's nothing wrong with no, that. no. There's not, and the thing is, is they go out and do that, but that's the higher pop, that's the higher gross amount that goes out and does that versus guys that want to go out and shoot the big mature bucks. You know, yeah. I mean? There's not and a lot. I lot was,
3: of- I was fully, is what I shot my deer the second to last weekend. Mm-hmm. I was fully telling myself, I was like, well, looks like we got another year. And I'm not shooting a deer because I wasn't gonna shoot a deer right. that wasn't mature because before. I started hunting it and then a couple years later when Sean started hunting, we've managed the absolute shit out of that as much as we can.
5: But but I think the problem is <clears throat> Let me ask you this, Chad. If you if you have a general tag for buck doe, mm-hmm. just being honest, are you gonna and you're going out you're not seeing mature bucks, nothing huge? You want to fill your freezer? Are you are you going to shoot a doe or are you going to shoot a a, a smaller buck, be honest?
0: Oh, I will not take a smaller buck. Well, these got Sean gives me shit for. I hate meal deer. So, I'm biased on that. It's got to be a monster for me to shoot it, honestly. Okay. Um My only thought on this whole deal is when you're how when can you start hunting in Montana? 12? 12. 12 12? you 12 year old well kid? you can start at
5: 10 on their printer yeah youth okay. youth hunt yeah
0: so this whole <clears> conversation <throat> i've been thinking we don't want to go shoot all the the little guys but at the same time when you're that 12 year old kid how are you going to stop him from wanting to shoot? oh exactly you know that's yeah. that's sort of that's killing me well, I, well, i've been around long enough where i'm like no it's got to be worth it it's, it's got to be a good sized right to take it home I'm no i'm not gonna shoot a young buck that's freaking been rutting and tastes like shit and, <laughs> right and, you know.
5: and 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 i agree with you and you you hit on the head i mean like like macy she's gets the opportunity i mean she ain't gonna shoot a two by two just because we got management bucks but the typical 12 to 16 year old kid they don't want to go to school and say well i shot a dough this weekend they right. Want, well right. i shot a buck whether it's a two point a spike or right well or and then not even the
0: kid the dad always is, is-
5: but but the thing is to get a buck too is i think fishing games should get together and come up with like i said you know a class on this is what a mature buck looks like right this is what you're looking for you have to shoot this or bigger or you get your your i don't i don't think people lack
0: but but uh, you just said that everybody's got that oopsie so how do you you know oh shit i thought it was bigger you know so how do you well well,
5: uh, it boils down to the same thing with a black bear. Right. I mean, you get a black bear tag, you shoot a grizzly. It's an oopsie. It's but a you That's a do.
1: major oopsie. Well, a oopsie. but, you know, but, but it, it can happen. I mean, you, yeah. we have all taken the test yep. in here. I don't, well, I don't know if Chad has taken the, the bear test. I have not taken the bear so, test. But, like, some of those pictures that they show on that on that test, there's like, I mean, honestly, I was stumped. Yeah. A lot. I mean, seriously, right. like, you're like, holy shit, you know? But...
5: um. But 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 it's the same thing. When you get a ram tag for a bighorn sheep, has to have the curl.
4: Yeah, yeah, or you're in big trouble. Yeah, you, right, you know. Yeah.
5: But it's the same thing. That's why we got to educate, mm-hmm. and you got to pass the test, and you got to take the course. And it's your ass. I mean, but
4: they're they're gonna, you know what they're going to claim? We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough money. We don't have this. We don't have that. I'm telling you right now, I would volunteer to teach a a, a youth class on mule deer. Absolutely, I would do it. Every I do weekend. it once a month. I oh,
2: am,
1: yeah. but the th- you know, like I said though, it, it, Chad is essentially border. And Matt is saying the exact thing I said. Chad is borderline saying the same thing as well. Is it's the you know the people in those youth hunts? They're not like it's just totally fine for you to take a child out and go shoot. You know, obviously you want your first deer to be a buck for a youth hunter, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally fine for them to go out and shoot. But a the thing plant. is, guys.
4: The the people that are killing these the, the the your youth hunters are such a low percentage. I don't we we can't the, that's not who's killing all these deer. Well,
0: so well, well I understand uh, that. I just kind of I wonder if there should be like an age restriction type of a deal. If you're well, well, fifteen well, or well, younger, well, it's okay.
5: I don't even think that. I I think the thing is is the first five years are going to suck ass. Bottom line, I mean it's the same thing. If I was to go lease a block management piece of land tomorrow the first five years are shitty Mm -hmm. i ain't shoot nothing off that block management pretty much right to get my mature bucks there the first five years is gonna suck for everyone on this mature buck only Mm -hmm. law but in five years you're gonna only have mature bucks on that goddamn property right that that's it i i mean i don't care where you go the
1: other thing too is you got to think about like is it like i know we're stressing youth hunters, I don't think they take up a lot of the, the polls on, um, something like this, but they can't hunt elk for a reason until they get to a certain age. You can't shoot an elk with a bow until you're 16 in the state of Montana. There's a reason for that. And I feel like that can go, obviously that can go with your guidelines that you're kind of bringing up, Matt, about like the whole thing about schooling with it. There's a reason that you can't go out and hunt elk with a bow. At that age, you know, like there's no, no absolutely, there's plenty of plenty of kids that have deer properties. That, that, yeah, and you, there's plenty of deer properties in Montana that kids. I mean, exactly in your two situations where you guys were, you know, big deer hunters as you were growing up. How many times do you th- you guys go deer hunting without your dad when you were in high school? Zero, zero. You never went. No, well, that was a. That was a thing we shared. So no, we, we Well I but mean, you guys
5: always went with an adult.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right, but like kids that the only thing that we don't never have to because you know, if they're a state section that's within their vicinity and they have a driver's license and they go out, you know, that's goes exactly with what's what Matt's saying about it is that can cause some issues in a sense. But like what I'm trying to get at here, you your percentage of Montana hunters
4: from twelve years old to eighteen years old are like ten percent of your actual hunters.
1: I don't know about that.
4: I I would I would lay I would I would bet you a million dollars that but the thing is, is that, think about all the ninety percent of the hunters in in Montana are between the ages of nineteen and seventy five.
1: But think about the amount of graduates in hunter safety that finish that they go out and as soon as they're done whether they finish I don't know what time of the year the um, hunter safety, you know, classes go on, but when they finish, if they finish in June, imagine how many of those hunters across the state in all those classes are going out to hunt for the first time. Well, that, that I yes, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, like, for every, uh,
4: let's say, a graduating class of hunter safety in Billings, Montana, which is one city of the whole state, is is 25. That's 25 new hunters. Uh, 80% of them are going to get a chance to hunt their first year, probably just based off of opportunity and accessibility. That's 25 people. There's hundreds so, of thousands of hunters in Montana.
5: So the regulations right here say legally licensed 12 to 15 year olds who have completed hunters education who are accompanied, accompanied by a non-hunting adult at least 18 years of age and properly certified and legally licensed apprentice hunters 10 to 15 years of age who are accompanied by a non-hunting adult mentor at least 21 years or older. Okay. So therefore, that mentor or the adult—I guess—if we had the the mature bucklaw and deal, it they would, would have like, to know that you would have to. It's on your ass, yeah. If I shot a dink,
4: just like if your—it's if on your ass right now. If your daughter shoots, and uh, you know, I've heard situations where. Uh a guy's out with his daughter and she thinks it's a mule there and shoots an elk. <laughs> you know what I mean? So
1: let me ask you guys this. The el- let me address the elephant Why in the did room. We
0: get that situation. Shit.
1: Let me let me seriously, let me address the elephant in the room. Do you guys think that if there there was something like Matt saying about shooting matured bucks that we would never have something like this proposed as being able to have an A-tag every year for hunting season.
5: Well, the biggest thing, like I said, it's going to suck for the first three to five years. You know, on a lot of block state land
4: that's been shot up. You're just, you're never, uh, there is so many factors that go into play here, man. And just stuff that I know because I see it, like there's people poaching, there's people that go out and they shoot, um, They just shoot the shoot. They just shoot the I shoot. I think, again. like, You're Riley... You're never
1: going to get rid of that. I think Riley put the uh, hammer right on the head. I mean, seriously, with the him saying that I think it needs to be per region. Regions that are affected massively by only seeing a large number of two and, you know, even three-point bucks, they have to have this. I think regions that, I mean, that have and high-produce, large caliber bucks. Yeah, they've already got that region figured out. I mean, it's...
5: But like Matt said, too... If you're like,
3: consistently producing mature bucks out of a region, that region doesn't need any... It well, doesn't.
5: Well, 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 the biggest thing is, is like, Riley, the first year Riley actually got it on his own was the worst year we've ever had it on the ranch. And... This year uh, was completely flip flop. And, I mean, you could have shot a lot of three- and four-year-olds all day long. You guys didn't, but, I mean... What did you guys shoot? A handful of deer out of twenty hunters?
4: Uh my first year we shot like five,
5: maybe. Out of twenty seven hunters.
4: And I and I got five I got five or six myself this year. And that's not including Dave, and that's not including Matt. Um but but that's why I think Matt makes a good point. Is he's been there for thirty years. 2020, 2021 were awful. There was nothing around, there was garbage. Um actually 2020 was pretty decent. Last year, I could have counted probably nine to 14 bucks that were over 160, 165 easily. So it's like, what? We're not doing anything different.
5: No, no, we don't over. So so
4: what is changing that? Why why is there. That's what I'm saying is like, I think there's so many factors that go into mule deer management that, like, I don't think you should group everything into one category of yes,
1: we need to make a decision on mule
4: deer for, for all of this.
1: If region one has a big problem with only showing you know two point bucks and a lot of those yes do that in here but if
5: region six
0: yeah why can't just make a draw for those certain regions right if they already do that i don't don't know, just just change some some more
5: region seven how the hell do you would you do a draw in region seven i mean it's the biggest 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 region in montana is 700 I mean, it goes all the way from here to Fort Peck all the way. To
4: well, the they could probably do your specific, like you know, they could there's, cut their the region up. 702, yeah, they could, they, but they cut could also up. cut a region up too. But they already do that. I don't know what the what the public. They're already the thing is, is this this wrong with this, and this is why this is an irritating article for everybody involved. They're already going to go and make changes on these things, and it's not really going to matter. They're already going to either do what exactly what we're saying. They're going to make a certain um, 571, I don't even know that's a real district, 571 has been general tag for 20 years. They're going to probably change it to a draw and yeah. then they're, they're going to do exactly what we're talking but, about right now.
5: But what I'd like to know is is the 40% that that, that want to do it, are they people that say 11 Billings and run to Acton because that's the only area they know and they're not seeing big bucks and they're like, well, I think we should do it yeah. this way. I think that's so exactly that, what it is. Yeah, they're but the
1: thing they're driving 10 miles but out of town. the thing is, is yeah. th- is that fair to the the actual extremist in hunting that goes out and he, you know, he plans his year-around hunting season and he can go out in that same region and still harvest a mature buck? Is that fair to that guy? It might not oh, be fair, not, Sean. It's
0: like regulations that you put on anything. You look at any piece of equipment that you get on. There's some bullshit r- rule on it because one guy fucked up one time.
4: I know, but... It ruins it forever. That's the hardest thing. This is going to be the irritating thing for you as someone who is that
1: person. That percentage of people is drastically lower than what other hunters there is out there. Yeah, but the problem that I have with it and the reason that it... I'm saying what I'm saying right now is because hunting has never, ever been about that. The regulations of Montana have never favored that kind of people, and that's never
4: will because your majority is not that. Your majority... It's just like politics. We have a majority right now which is not
1: really the majority. No, that the, what I'm saying is, is they've never done what they're trying to do with this. Before. I mean, what you're saying, they've never taken the people that go out and do those.
5: You know, they never will. They, but they don't take. Well, but the biggest thing is, is a lot of people that are actually out there hunting and doing it and shooting mature bucks aren't the ones whining about it. No, the yeah.
0: wheel always gets the grease. Yeah,
4: and think about this too, like. We're blessed. on the head. We, we, we don't get to sit down and look at us from afar and realize that, you know, there is people that are more privileged than us. There's people that are less privileged than us, but we are very fortunate that we get to hunt. I mean, I bet you I was in the woods 50, 60 days last year. Not a lot of people get to do that. Not a lot of people do that in five years. So you're, that's what I'm saying is you're, you have all these different portions of what hunters in Montana are, including the out of staters.
5: That's that whole. Oh, well, well, well and that's that's my next question. Is on the outfitting side of it, we already our out of staters already have to put in for a draw. So are they going to have to do a draw on top of a draw like we do for elk? for our elk tags? Because I can tell you what that forty percent that's bitching about wanting to shoot a mature buck, all of a sudden they can going to have that block management land they've been going on because. I'll, I'll say it a million times over, and I will challenge anyone that wants to challenge. Out-of-staters are what pays, pays for our state land and for our block management. Yeah. It, ain't the, it How ain't do you think the,
1: that, that if this, let's say tomorrow that this pass, how do you think that would change out-of-state hunting?
5: It's going to drastically revenue, change oh, it, be, it because you're going to have to put in for your general big game combo and then for your special permit. Oh well, you drew the general big game g- combo for twelve hundred dollars, but you didn't draw for seven hundred two unit. Yeah. Now you get eighty percent of your money back because that's how it is right now. Like all my hunters that drew a big game elk combo for archery, but did not draw their archery tag, only get eighty percent of their fifteen hundred bucks back. Yeah, Wyoming's a hundred percent. Well, and you Colorado's know, Colorado's a hundred percent difference... refund. Well. They're going to go somewhere else, which is going to take away from our block,
4: manager. Huh. So, Sean, can I let me go back on your little talk about um, people that are those hardcore, like, our hardcore outdoor hunters that are doing everything that we do, right? Um, not that I'm saying that we're completely hardcore, but, like, we're yeah. in the same atmosphere, right? I'm going to give you a high number here, and I know I'm over-exaggerating At 25% of hunters are these people. I know I'm over-exaggerating because... I've just seen it, man. And, and and unfortunately, I have been able to hunt at these 10 miles out of town places. I see these people. I see, I mean, there's people that are driving like 1990s vans wearing Metallica shirts going out and, and shooting deer. You know what I'm saying? Like all the time. And so what I'm looking at here, and this is the shameful thing. I really wish that there was a world where let's say, let's take this 25%, Sean. And let's say that every region, every district, and every like uh, uh, little section of hunting area, like let's say you guys got your hunting area, Matt and I got our hunting area, mm-hmm. and let's say there's these these hardcore hunters in each region. All of us people in these regions know what the hell is going on with the deer population.
1: Oh, for
5: sure.
4: Those are the people that you need to... Like, I don't need your survey. You want to know what's going on with mule deer? Come talk, to, come talk to Trapper Dave, who's in the woods 160 days a year.
5: Well, and... We got a really good family friend. You know him. He hunts on us. He's got his own ranch. He's got his own ranch. He hires outfitters and he hunts out of state. He tried getting on that board last year and they said he was overqualified. Well, that's the people we need in there. So, the one thing,
1: too, that I like now I'm reading back over this is. So, they this is an exact little paragraph here. They said part of the part of the effort of FWP's undertaking has involved an expansion public opinion survey, which sent out 5,000 randomly selected resident hunters in the past winter. The survey was nearly identical to one conducted in 2011, and the results were similar as. As well, the survey results showed continued support for current mule deer management in Montana, including season lengths, timing, and the opportunity to hunt mule deer every year. That is counter or counterintuitive to what they're trying to do in this scenario. Exactly what they just said, and they proved it with facts. Well, and a person would look at this and say, well, this is all
4: speculation anyways. This is all oh, right. could be, would be. But if history repeats itself, it's not. This no. is a really good foot in the door for a lot of things that... Here's what you're looking at. At the end of the day, and I don't want to be... Again, I want to work with our state. I want to work with our with our leaders. I want to work with our community. I want everyone... To, I want this to be available for when we have kids and grandchildren, just like our fathers and forefathers had before them. So I want to work together. But if you look at the way that the country has gone... The way that Montana as a whole has gone over the last 10 years, everything is is shifted towards less accessibility and opportunity, whether that's through access to lands or tags. And and you saw that in the I mean, look how crazy things have shifted in the last oh, yeah. three years for antelope and elk. All of a sudden our districts are getting added together and tags are getting taken away and and this and that. It's just they're trying to shift it in the meal there.
1: Yeah. And, and Chad too, I don't know if you listened to this podcast or read this article, but it's, I can't remember when we did, when we talked about this, but they're, uh, the state is also trying to essentially change the high water mark, um as well. That was kind of like in a, a similar case with a proposed opinion, things like that. What, in your opinion, why do you think the state is kind of redirecting itself to change things that have worked for so many years?
0: I, I don't know what the high water mark is. So about to that,
5: it's like,
1: essentially, if if I'm your, on your, state your, land,
5: your, your property boundary. Yeah, like oh, okay. if
1: I'm on a body of water mm. and I access it through state land, I can walk through private land, okay, on the water line, oh, to oh, get gotcha. down the
0: river. Essentially, you know, as long as your like, touch the oh, water. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get rid of accessibility i know everybody feels the same way about out-of-staters moving into montana i think that's a huge influence right now there's a lot of people in montana that aren't don't know montana right i think that's exactly what's changing it there's a lot of people who weren't raised the same way we were and they want more rights than we do
5: well and you hit you you hit it on the head there when you said out-of-staters moving in i mean we we had a gentleman buy the property next to us mm-hmm. he's from back east first thing he done was landlock the property we've been going through this little cut across road for 50 years shut it down it took the neighbors getting together and going you know we're not shooting nothing this has been the right away for us right you know well back east you know we got to shut it down or you're going to be poaching yours uh, well we're not back east that's you, you know but that was the mentality the the thing is, is when you go deer hunting, how much money do you think you spend in a season between your gun, food, travel, everything?
0: Oh, fuck, I don't have a number. I don't think I go enough to, but I mean, just one well, hunting trip, I mean.
5: Well, the biggest thing is, like I tell my, my clients, like even on the outfitting side of it, is it's honestly getting to be a rich man sport. Oh, I mean, 100%. And, and, and that's the problem is like, we had so many people put in for for elk tags this year, we had three draw to our local mm-hmm. out of 15. Well, we got to jump our prices now to justify paying for the lease right? when I don't have the hunters to keep it going. And Riley has been here. The boys have been here. Ramsey actually helped us harvest this year. And the amount of bulls coming out of the cornfield on the last—I mean, you got six rows and just elk. Uh, I, where, where the hell have they been all day? Where we we need those hunters to come in and harvest those elk mm-hmm. to to help with the the management of the lease, and we don't have it, and 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 it's just getting to be a rich man's sport.
1: I really I really agree with that because I I don't feel like a lot of people. Um, I'm not going to say a lot of people. I feel like some people don't understand that the actual harvest of certain quality animals per species helps the management in the long run. And I think that's a gray area with a lot of people. And, you know, we like I've said, we've gotten into that about the, the mule deer and stuff like that. But there is a big science behind exactly what I just said of actually helping a herd per region. In that, in that scenario, and that's the thing that I don't know if they can take an account with well, the, their surveys. The biggest
0: thing is nobody's gonna. Well, not nobody, but most of the hunting population is not going to research like you are right now. Most people are going to hear just like any politics. People are going to listen to what somebody said that sounded a little yeah. better. Nobody's going to look at the facts. Yeah. So,
4: and ninety nine times out of ten, most of most of the hunters in Montana. Because, cause like, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about America, and it's the beautiful thing about Montana. If you reach the very minimal requirements to be able to hunt in Montana, which, I mean, if you're over uh, 15, what's like, that, 38? If you you're know. over 38 years, you don't have to, there's literally no requirements. You can walk into Cabela's or Walmart and buy a tag. Yeah. So, so many people have the ability to hunt. Like, it's, it's a right, as an American and a Montanan, that like is easy to get to. It's easier to get to than like some voting and some stuff like that. Anyone could go buy this tag and go out and hunt. So there's so many such, I'm telling you there's such a large population of people that they go to Walmart and they buy a tag every year because their dad did it or because they want to yeah. do it and they just go out wherever well, they can go.
1: And that's the biggest thing too is, I mean, you, you gotta know that that's, one thing, especially in the state of Montana, that everybody has the right to do, and they can do it any way they want, per guidelines, right? Any any logically ethical way you can do it, but there's no real regulations on the deer that you shoot if you're shooting it accurately. And that's the thing, is it, it is true, but it takes a long time for you to v- develop as a outdoorsman to truly grasp, you know, like the herd management and all that. I mean, just knowing your herd, knowing your region, knowing what it needs, what it can't, you know, what it can't have happen, things like that. And it's, that's most people I feel like don't necessarily look at it that way in a sense. Oh no. And like I said, we're,
4: we're a niche category. People with mind like ours are niche and you're never, the hard, that's the hard thing, dude, is you're not going to change. You're, you're no.
5: Well, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here for a quick second it boils down to the same thing as the trappers. You know, hundred years ago trapping was a livelihood. And it's been taken little bit by little bit by little bit. You know, you can't you can't trap state land now. You you can't run snares, you can't run bears, because some little gal was walking her dog when a bear got killed. You know, how many mount lion and bobcats have we had just in the city limits of billings killing cats and dogs in backyards we can't trap them we can't do nothing about it because it's within the city limits people don't want trapping at all until you got a place up in red lodge and you got a beaver dam in the creek and it's flooding your house then they Mm -hmm. want five trappers in there they want the beaver gone yeah but it's the same thing we're going on with the, the mule deer and the elk right now. It's the same thing. It's just a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. It's
1: the world we live in now, for sure. I mean, it, you know, Chad said it perfectly with the, you know, people don't look at the facts. I mean, it's it's true. It, it's
0: whoever had the best speech.
1: And the problem is, is there a problem in Montana with mule deer? Is there really? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anybody in this room knows the answer to that. We all know the answer to that per region that we specifically spend the majority of our lives in a year being able to diagnose a herd. Yes, because like we're addicted to hunting. We are. We we care about it. We do that. That's why we have such strong opinions about such things as this. But I don't know the average Joe that hunts i don't I don't know his opinion on anything like this, so that's that's kind of where you're getting these strong bias vibes from the four of us, especially is that's the reason we're addicted to what we do. Well,
5: I think we're addicted, but we've worked our asses off to have what we have today i mean look at ramsey and and Riley I mean they've hunted the same property you got the opportunity to hunt now. But they've worked their asses off to have that opportunity to be on that chunk of land. Yeah. It, it wasn't handed to them. And which for a lot of people,
1: they would never put that work into it because they're like, what no. the hell? Why would I do that? And we've it, talked about that a lot too, because it's it's true.
5: It is such a true thing. I mean, to be able to like. But the big thing is at the end of the day, it's, well, them them two assholes, they got that place. Yeah. I don't get to hunt it. Instead of going, well, you know, it's kind of like Chance's bull from last year. Yeah. He earned that son of a bitch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he 110% earned that bull. When
1: I talk about being addicted, that dude is on a different level. (laughs) Well, let's say, let's scenario here.
4: Matt and his whole... Sorry, (laughs) I'm really not trying to put this juju on you. But Matt and his whole family and the landowners that he's been friends with for his entire life are standing in the middle of the property having a conversation for whatever reason. And a meteorite comes... And wipes them completely off the planet and the entire property off the planet. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that evil on you. That's okay. Even though I love them to death, they're gone. There's nothing to do about it. I'm going to go and I'm going to go put the same effort into somewhere else because I care about all the stuff that we're talking about. Absolutely. If all of our, if all of my spots were wiped off the face of the earth by meteorites, I would go to the next one and I would learn it and I would figure it out. But that's just because I understand the outdoors, and a lot of people aren't gonna put the kind of effort into it. Because a lot of people, I mean, our life has revolved around this. When I'm making decisions throughout the day, it's what's gonna, what what am I gonna do to become a better outdoorsman? Yeah. How am I, you know? A lot of people are like, it's most people are have different hobbies. Am so am I gonna go to the football game this this fall? Am I gonna, um go to the club every weekend you know stuff like that like they're not thinking the way we're thinking and that's how you have to look at it they're these these people are you know they're like oh I, i'm gonna get a deer tag this year or maybe i'm gonna get it in f-, you know f- four years go by like maybe i want to go shoot deer this year yeah. that happens all the time all the time and uh i don't know man maybe maybe what's good is we there's things like us there's the bull mountain brothers podcast man you can come on you can listen to us and and we can give you our opinions on what we see every day and and we're not experts no, I mean we're we're just a we're, we're nothing. We're far from experts. Uh, we're not educated, which you know sometimes that's not even any better. But um, we can show you, we can tell you what we see, and what we do see is mule deer populations are very interesting. And you know Ramsey and I hunted a spot for our entire lives, and we've shot. You know, we talk about shooting dinks or whatever. We share these mature deer. I have always had the mentality. And dad has always put it in, in just two, you know, other than our first deer, which were just, uh, and th- we talked about it tonight, like the first deer is usually just whatever you can get because it's excitement. It's your first deer. Doesn't matter. We both shot little four corns. After that, it was, you know, dad was always like, well, we're going to shoot the biggest one we see this year because that's, you know, the mature one. And where we were at, I mean, those were the biggest deer we saw out there. That was it. There was nothing, the The two biggest deer that have probably ever been shot on that ranch and this was, and again, I don't want people to think I've been hunting private land my whole life. This was a block management public land access BMA. I mean, this was accessible to the public. All you had to do was sign in. This wasn't anything special. This was, you can go out there as a public land spot essentially. The two biggest deer I guarantee you that have been shot out there in the last 15 years have come out of our group and they weren't, I mean they're 140 inch deer maybe. Dad, dad, dad shot a 29 inch uh, deer it was spindly i mean it was nothing like ramsey's 29 inch deer but i mean that's the thing is like this certain ranch i've been there for 15 20 years i've never seen anything like i see on your ranch or that i see on the other ranch so it's like sometimes i don't know if you know some of these matured some of these deer might be five six years old and look like that right so i don't know i don't know what to do
1: i, I don't know because i i'm telling you they're they're some of these deer might be looking well, like that. That's the other thing too. Is like herd management is different per herd. You know what I mean? But what do you do?
4: Like, yeah if, yeah, if if I shut this place down for five years, am I guaranteed to have
1: giant? No. You know why? No. Because this place is a desert. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's. So what do we do? You're not. It's not like just because you worked your ass off and got yourself a land to a private land to hunt, there's not a guarantee that. You're always going to have big deer out there, you know? But that's what I'm saying
4: is like we're, our whole conversation tonight yeah. is revolved around, you know, you people want to shoot more mature deer. We got to cut tags. Well, if I shut this place down for five years, am I guaranteed that it's not going to get any bigger than that? That's why I think- Because there's are, so, as I'm saying, there's so yeah. many factors that come into play. Predators, weather, win or kill. And I'm telling you, there is an unfortunate amount of people, you know, Ramsey and I and his buddy- we like to do every Friday night, we go out and we just drive around and see if we can see elk, right? Um, just stumble across them, if we can. You'd be very surprised the amount of people that are out being sketchy. Oh, yeah. Drive around, they shut their lights off when you come rolling up on them. So I'm telling you, the amount of poachers that are out
1: are, are really
4: detrimental.
1: I would actually really like to see a, an accurate, if, if there was a way that you could do an accurate number on that. that would on be, the amount of poachers? Yes. I bet it would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. I really
4: do. And you know what the thing is, is people are going to say, well, we need to regulate that. Oh. Poachers, poachers are going to poach, dude. Whether they got a tag or not, whether they got, um, and you know, that's just the thing. Like dude, po- Poachers are going to poach. They could be out of jail for, for three days for poaching for and be in jail for 30 years. And they're going to go poach and they're going to, they're not going to give a shit whether they can own a gun or whatever. You're never going to get rid of that. And those aren't hunters, but I'm telling you right now that has an effect on mule deer because think about a mule deer. I love mule deer hunting. Some mature bucks are, are very sneaky. They're very hard to hunt, but nine times out of 10 mule deer are dumb as shit. Yeah. And, and when you got people, when you got things that walk out 40 yards, stand there and look at you. That, and that's why they're highly hunted. You know, you talked earlier about uh, when a guy gets out of a uh, hunter's education and he goes out and uh, the first thing they're doing is going to that state land. They're going to that 10 miles out, whatever. You know why they're hunting these deer, Sean? Because it's easy. Yeah. It's not like elk. Elk are fucking hard to kill. They're hard to find. They're hard to get access to. They're hard to get opportunity to. Um, they're hard to take down. But these mule deer man, they're dumb. They're easy. That's what people are looking for. It's an easy it's just like anything else in and life. From whatever
5: s- to sun down the sun up, the easiest time to Yeah.
4: And whatever whatever is gonna whatever is gonna come easy to, to the human population, most of the human population is what they're gonna do. Easily. Oh, for sure. That's just and that's why Ooh, I major. think we have a decline in the mule deer population because they are probably the in Montana the hardest. And that's and that was funny because when Christian was on, we were both we were all like, "You only elk hunted as a kid, yeah." Like that was a that was a crazy thing to us because in Montana it seems like your initiation is is mule deer, yeah, deer hunting. Yeah, for so sure. I, I don't know, man. It's a tough subject, and we're probably going to get. I would say that there's people listening to this right now that hate everything we're saying, probably, and there's people that are probably really interested in it. But I can tell you in my conclusion about what I have to say, and, and I really don't think I have a dog in the race here because, you know, Chad kind of touched on his feelings either. We have very similar feelings. I do not like mule deer. I stopped hunting them. I don't hunt them personally anymore because I don't, I hit it. We've talked talking about this before. I hit a spiritual thing in my life that the only, the only things I kill, I eat. Right. And if I don't like to eat them, I'm not going to force myself to eat them. I don't hunt mule deer anymore. So, I don't know if I have a dog in this race, but I do, I can see as someone that is involved, you know, like I'm very interested in you guys that are very passionate about it. I'm very interested, obviously in the outfitting thing and the guiding and the people that come from all over that are very interested in it, that love mule deer, love eating, you know, sorry, I'm really, really getting a long stretch answer here, but I had a client last year. He was so passionate to me about this mule deer heart recipe that when he got home, he sent me word by word by word. It was like 10 text messages long, this entire mule deer recipe because I love eating mule deer and stuff like that. I love those people, but that's not me. I don't hunt mule deer anymore because I, and I'm I'm not even the person that's like, well, if a giant walks out in front of me, I still might not try to kill it because I don't, all I want to do is eat elk and kill elk. That's all I care about, right? So for me, it's like, I don't know if I have a dog in that race, but my conclusion to it is, my stance on this whole thing i don't think that we should rope every mule deer situation into one category i think there needs to be more research before any decisions made but from what i've seen in the last five years i do think that there is a mule deer problem that's what i will say i think there is something that's changed um even mostly from hunting with you guys on your property um but
5: i don't know what we do i don't know what we do i think well, there's- well my next question would be is do you think we have a good whitetail population at the ranch? Uh, I
4: I would say that the the whitetail population on that stretch of river is 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 nearing potential disease possibilities. Off I, of we,
5: we had blue tongue quite a few years back, wiped us out. We didn't have a. I mean, you can not hardly find a whitetail, <laughs> and they they rebounded. I mean, huge. And I don't know if we're just in that decade on mule deer. Where we're shooting them, but they're diseased or they're dying or whatever the cause is. Why would all have what they call mature bucks out there? Whether it's the same as like the blue tongue on the on the whitetail.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, we we we've definitely had that pro- too with antelope. You know, we we watch an entire. You know, they, they they talked about the 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 flats antelope for a long time. It's like the biggest, one of the biggest herds in Montana. Completely got devastated. And in the last few years, there's been more antelope than I used to see 15 years ago. out there now. As famously quoted on one of the best movies of all time, Jurassic Park.
1: <laughs> Life will find a way. I think, to sum up my conclusion on this, is I think, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, I think it needs to be per region if something like this <laughs> were to be um, set into play. Uh you okay, Matt? But, uh, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I think, you know, things are different across the state, regions are different. You never know. And like Riley said, I think there needs to be a more accurate uh version of mule deer population to be able to fully um scientifically put a pin in this in a sense. I mean let's hear from I mean, let's hear from I mean, our I mean, resident
4: big mule deer killer guy. Uh,
3: well, my I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, they need to do more research. They need to pinpoint what the problem is per region and go from there. I mean, you can't you can't put in a blanket over the entire state and say, this is what we're going to do because it's going to screw everybody. It causes more
1: problems than it fixes, right? Yeah, because
4: yeah, you could really have regions where you blanket that region and you got to draw for it or whatever, Yeah, and all of a sudden their population booms. And then, and then they CWD off. why do you well, think But don't you think we also I mean think of you shot your mountain mule deer in 2018 Sure your first big buck um that was the first year that the all of a sudden CWD is blowing up yeah right and they're doing red red um markings all over the state per county for for CWD do we think we have a mule deer problem
1: potentially because of that going rampant? Have you ever had uh in your areas that you used to hunt, Chad, did you ever have like any a disease kill?
0: Uh blue tongue was a big thing, but I was I was too young to care about it out there. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't heard of anything.
1: No. Yeah. See it's I feel I'm like trying to remember. Matt and I saw a we were pretty sure we saw a CWD last year. They they actually um did you know that last year they um tested positive for one in uh, in our area. I believe it. And you know you know what? I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> what happened was a little bit mind-boggling. But um, I lost my train of thought. You're
4: going to have to pick me up here. Oh, I was just saying, uh, basically, we, we we're pretty sure we saw it. We saw something messed up. That's for damn sure. Matt was going to kill him, and put out of his misery, but it just... You know, with his tag, we were archery hunting. He was going to do it, but I don't know why. I don't remember, I don't remember why we ended up not killing him. Oh, he, he peaced out, but by the time Matt could get out, you know, and shoot it, but um, he was messed up. I don't know what was wrong with him, but I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of disease in humans right now, man. A lot of humans are dying because of a lot of diseases right now. I Don't think that the, you know, the world's weird. It's a weird world right now. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what we do. Anyone else have any conclusions on this?
0: I just think the world is better when we wouldn't have social media to spread all this shit uh, yeah, to de- debate about. That's yeah. true. I think all this was happening 20 years ago, but we nobody heard about it. Let's it didn't trouble. up.
1: Well, that's our resident grandpa.
0: <laughs> Dave.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't know, man. It's interesting. You know, and I think it. I like to com- compare this to, uh, you know, uh, this is getting political and I apologize, but when they talk about the global warming... Right, and that's been a big thing for twenty years, and you know you can talk about it being a, a a money revenue or fake or real or whatever. Um, But if you listen to scientists, you know Earth goes in cycles, oh, yeah. cooling and heating, and cooling well, and heating. We're on
0: the, at the switch of that hundred year cycle right now. California's got freaking snow in it right now. Yeah, not right now. So,
4: but. so look at all the stuff that's like real facts. You know, like you know maybe we're not global warming, and it's not freak out. But don't you think the same thing happens in, in ecosystems and animal populations and stuff like that?
5: Well, the only conclusion I have on this, for anyone listening that can spread the word, is once we lose it, we're never getting it back.
0: 100%.
5: Yeah.
1: Well, the, the, my biggest thing I was going to ask you, why do you think in the region that Ramsey and I in, Why do you think, uh, what was it, 15, 20 years ago that you could shoot a bull with an A-tag, just a regular general tag? Why do you think they changed it and haven't changed it since? Oh, it's all—it's—it's—it's all—it's all political, money, same thing, money, it's money and go politics. On with this.
4: And I—I think it would be interesting. I, I would guarantee you, if we had someone, I'm just—it's my easy example to use is Trapper Dave. Forty years, one ranch, hunting mule deer. Dave, come in here and tell me, in the last forty years, was there sections within every? Let's just let's just divide it into four ten-year sections. In one each of those ten-year sections, was there time when the mule deer was way down, and this was a time when the mule deer was way up, or have you seen what they're basically telling us is, uh, you look at a graph and mule deer's been going down for 20, yeah, 40 years right now. No, I I would guess that Dave would tell us that it's been doing this for forty years.
0: So how many years is this this little survey that they're doing right now? How many years are they? Well, they do, yeah, they, set they, on,
1: they do it per, like, how they they essentially set these surveys up. It's this per year, and then they average is what I've read. And, you know, they'll they'll obviously post like this, like, they'll bring up the good years, the bad years, and whatever they're doing. But I don't know if they necessarily take, like Riley's saying, the bar graph over a decade right that's in what i'm wondering conclusion. is it over the
0: last three years or is it like well shit things are gonna happen in
1: it could years. be a decade but still like as riley's saying though it's like that that line graph could do this the whole 10 years right so or it picking? could do this it could do you know this it's it's just depending do you, do you have an opinion on that statement that i made matt's the only guy in this room that has been hunting
5: for more than 25 years yeah okay well, I just looked this up. So they, they done, what, 5,000 ta- 5, people that they ran? Participants, yeah. In 2021, there was 22,818 elk tags and thirty six thousand five hundred seventy seven thousand deer license bought in 2021. So we took, what, 10% of those? Not even 10%. yeah about oh more than that I guess what what's that come out to about fifteen percent of all hunters, and they sent out a yeah a survey to. I'd like to know what was on the survey. I wish one of us in this room would have got the survey
1: how many yeah. how did you like like as Riley's talking about with like the trapper Dave stuff like obviously you've you've held the reins long enough to be involved in that conversation that he's talking about with trapper Dave do you? Like, were these conversations ever brought about back then? I don't, I mean, not to say back then, like you're ancient, but you know what I mean?
5: Well, I've been guiding for 26 years. And uh, the way Trapper Dave does it is we have our hunters for the year. And then he traps all season. So he sees what's out there for deer, deer population. Right. And one year, I mean, the best year we ever had was 37 hunters that we hunted in one year some years that D- Dave will go well, I'm not booking more than 10 hunters I ain't got more than 10 mature bucks on the property that's what I have right. seen after hunting season and that's how we've managed it so yes it, yes it does go up and down just like Riley was saying if you brought Dave on here not not only could Dave come on the show and tell you about the up and down ups and downs on it but we have to record everything so he can go back. I mean, he's got. He's been guiding since '85. He can bring all of his info in from 1985 and tell you the year that was awesome. Right. The years that went down, just by the number, like 100 the span.
1: You know, like '87 to '97. The span was a straight downhill versus, or you know, like shit like that is yeah. very,
5: but very. But again, we're not using somebody, and that's just it. Is all that shit gets sent in? We have to send it into the Board Outfitters. Which then in return, I imagine shares it with fish, wilds, and parks. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying 100. percent They do. But an outfitter, we have to log everything we do. Is in a log. Yeah. So, yeah, Trapper Dave. I mean, he, we really should have him on the show and and go through that. Talking about and, mule their management. Yeah,
4: I think it's fascinating, I think. Um, and I think what's great about podcasts is hopefully hopefully you guys are not boiling in your seats right now listening to this. Hopefully you're kind of coming with your own opinion. And we'd love if, you know, when this podcast posts, if you want to make some sort of uh, argument or statement or whatever, we'd love to talk. I mean, this is the best thing about being a Montana hunter is my view isn't the only view and it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a hundred different, a hundred thousand different views in Montana and I'd love to hear them all. Yeah. And what we're saying right now might not be perfect, but like I, you know, in conclusion, like I said earlier,
1: we're in this a lot. We get to see this a lot. We're just sharing. We're just sharing what we see. And you know, I really appreciate Chad being here through this conversation <laughs> of us, in a way, ranting, I would say. And you know, being discussing, being involved in the, in in this conversation, I think it was good. I mean, we we knew that we were gonna talk about this and it kind of got to the tail end of the podcast but i think uh we definitely looking at the time right now (laughs) definitely
4: hours and 16 minutes chad's (laughs) pushing for the record here yeah you're almost i think the record's 217 we might as well just what are we at uh 216 or 215 or something like that 217 yeah this is this is good yeah um i don't know let us know your opinions again like i said our our opinion isn't the gospel.
5: Well, well, not not. Don't just let us know your opinion, but I mean, make it public. I mean, this is a public.
4: Yeah. And I think that what's unfortunate is we do we do say like, hey, go out there and 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 do some you know talk to your fish and wildlife and parks and do these surveys and stuff. And we're so busy. I don't think I've done much of that. I I wish I could do more than I do now, but I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like it goes on deaf ears, anyways. But you got to say you got to stand up for what you what you believe in. And, uh, if you believe that mule mule migration, mule management's going a certain direction, go speak to somebody about it and speak to us about it. We'd love to hear, uh, we're going to end things tonight. I have no information. I have no BNB updates for anyone because I can't come up with a date because keep stuff keeps getting backlogged. So when stuff happens, we're going to let you know. We did post this week. (coughs) Our raffle giveaway for the fishing trip, uh, all that advertisement for that is on our socials. So go check that out. Uh, May 13th, we're running a, uh, a little, little tiny raffle so we can give some money to uh, some good friends of ours at uh, walk out of darkness, um, suicide prevention and awareness. So we're excited for that. That's coming up. Turkey guns coming up. I don't have much else. Chad, thanks for coming on. It's always great. Hey, Hall of Famer. Me. Like we said,
0: I love it. I love it. Thanks for having
4: me. Uh, We're looking forward to summer adventures. Some fishing trips coming along. And then going into fall hunting. Can't wait to do some more stuff with you, Chad. Thanks for being here. Um, You guys got anything?
2: No? No,
4: I think we're good for tonight. Maybe we broke the record with Chad for longest podcast. We'll see. um, As always. Catch you on the next one.
3: Catch you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers.
1: Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers.
5: Also, don't forget to check out our b store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.